0: Alright guys, just a quick note at the top of the podcast. This conversation that we had with Greg Godfrey ended up turning into one of the most powerful conversations that I think any of us have had in a very, very long time. So, here's what we ended up doing. The first mm, roughly hour of this conversation that we have with Greg is talking about his life, how he built the Nitro Circus brand, all sorts of cool things, stunts, experiences that he has had in his life. And then, We start to talk about the real meat and potatoes of life and how things work and psychology and forgiveness and all sorts of different elements that, to be honest with you guys, I did not expect to happen. And that's why this conversation became so, so powerful. So in order to get the most benefit out of this podcast, I'm going to cut it into two different pieces. All right. I'm going to give you guys right now the full long, uncut version. That's why this is a a two-and-a-half-hour podcast with Greg Godfrey. I promise you that not all of our podcasts are going to be this long, but this one is important. And it's important that if you have the time, listen to the whole thing, because we get to some extremely critical items towards the end of the podcast that you really don't want to miss out on. But there's a segment during this podcast, it's about 30 minutes long, where I shared some really valuable information and some things that have helped me a ton of my life that I'm actually going to rip out of this uh, podcast and create a whole nother episode just With this 30 minute segment because it's that powerful, and I want people to be able to access it in a smaller format and be able to get right to it. So, with that said, what you can expect is this full uncut podcast with Greg Godfrey, and then there's gonna be a follow up, and then there's gonna be a follow up episode talking about affirmations and focus. I want you all to listen to both, obviously. But if you only get a chance to listen to one, please, please, please listen to the affirmations and focus podcast. It's 30 minutes and I promise it'll be some of the best time you've ever spent in your entire life. So with that said, thank you for being here with us and let's get this thing started.
1: to the Heavy Checklist Podcast.
0: So uh, last couple podcasts, we've left you guys with some very simple, basic, uh, you know, marching orders, like I said, uh, things that you can do. So what we're going to do as we start moving forward with the podcast is we're going to figure out ways to get you uh, basically accountable for what we're leaving you. So if we give you a task or a checklist uh, on social media, we're going to start finding ways for you to prove to us that you're actually creating those vision boards and you're taking those cold showers. I've had more messages from people telling me they're taking ice baths and cold showers than I actually ever expected to receive. And that is awesome, including some of my best friends that are sitting around the table right now. Guys, how are we doing on that? I'm taking cold shower every morning. Feeling great. I think I'm 14
2: for 14. I've been doing the cold shower as well as a little bit of snow dipping.
0: So listen, All extra. the extra majority kinda. of the listeners already know who's talking, but I will give the new listeners just a quick rundown of what's happening at the, at the table. Uh, my name is Dave Sparks, a.k.a. Heavy D. Um, I am on the Discovery Channel show Diesel Brothers, and I have my partner in crime here, Diesel Dave. What's up, everybody? And next to him, we have my lifelong friend and real estate everything go-to mentor guru and somebody who grew... His business right alongside my business at the exact same time and almost the exact same pace, Mr. Kenny Thompson. Thank you, David. It is a pleasure. And then finally, we have our audio engineer who Don't was just it. he was just gonna be Don't the audio engineer it. when we started this. DJ. But turns, out, no. turns <laughs> out turns out he has some great insight. He's just an average guy like the listeners. This is the best part about this guy, is the majority of the stuff that we're telling you, he's actually learning along with us i think we all are learning something new but every week marcus is like well i never took a cold i started shower. weight
1: watchers last week weight watchers there yeah, we go but right anyways this man really, is no. the dj we the infamous now. dj marcus wing is that is that it's uh the artist formerly known as, as DJ the dj marcus, marcus, it's just marcus wing. <laughs> wing now, now i now he's cut it down giant
2: huge big marcus
1: just want to give a big shout out to the 300 followers i've gained from this podcast yeah. too Uh, I hope they're enjoying the pictures of my kids (laughs) and all the motorcycles. (laughs) (laughs) I
0: second that.
1: So, no, I I will tell you guys, uh, You know when Marcus,
0: when I first called him about doing the audio on this podcast, I can't remember if I reached out to you you reached out to me. Well,
1: usually I reach out to you and you don't answer. That's That's true. true. It was like you reached out to me and then I I immediately answered. Yeah, I think that is what happened. (laughs) And I
0: said, hey, how do I do this? I was asking him for tips on mics and because obviously the dude is like an AV genius. And and we joke about him being a DJ, but Marcus is like a nationwide, big-time event Promoter. Like when these big relays and marathons and color runs and big events need a big name to come out and get the crowd hyped up, this is your guy. So he started as a DJ and now he is much more than a DJ. I'll still
1: sweep your floor if you guys need the floor swept. You yeah, it i not mean? do anything for 20 bucks, right? <laughs> I mean, 20 so, bucks is 20 bucks. Originally, we had Marcus.
0: I was just going to talk to him about doing this, some audio helping us with it. Uh, but obviously, he's another lifelong buddy of mine. Um, we, man, our families are close. We've been buddies for a long time. And as he came and helped us record the first podcast, he kind of started talking in the mic. And next thing you know, I jumped right in. He's a co host here in the uh, podcast. So it's awesome, guys. We have a good time here. It's like I said before, it's a bunch of dudes sitting around a table talking about stuff, and then the man that you just heard is somebody who I'm extremely, extremely excited to have on the podcast because, uh, like last week where we had Rich Eggett here, this is another one of those Rich uh, Rich Eggett type people to me. He's a lifelong mentor, and he's somebody who has accomplished big, big things, and he's somebody who has probably provided entertainment for you at some point in your life, and you didn't even know it, and what I mean by that is we have the godfather of the Nitro Circus, Mr. Greg Godfrey. Greg, welcome. thank you,
3: thank you. Yeah. I'm trying to stay in, in uh, up to speed with you guys. You're so fast on the mics. Everybody has just amazingly
0: that's figured the, it out. That's the beauty of editing. We can just if you're rambling, uh, we'll speed it up a little bit, make it, it sound totally coherent. It's
3: not even that.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, good but, job.
2: But you yeah. will learn to keep up with Dave. You got to be uh, you got to be quick
0: on. your will To be honest, I haven't said
3: an <laughs> accent for a long time. Yeah. Damn, he's going just yeah. He, he just fires
0: like, it off. He's fantastic. Some of the comments I'm seeing on the podcast. uh, Almost everything's positive, like ninety nine percent of it. The, the the negative comments I've seen are "slow the hell down, bro." <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Apparently, I'm a fast talker. I just start going. Do I need going. to make a sign to hold up? This says yeah, slow, "slow down." Yeah, down. Just yeah, put up like a down. yellow light for me. I'm just going to wave me. a little bit. Yeah. Uh, no, I'll tell Big, you. I do. Breath.
0: I do run into that a lot on the show. Uh, we'll be doing, you know, an interview or something like that, and I'll start talking, and, and the producers will be like, "Hey." Slow it down. I don't want to slow down. I want to get the information yeah. out. And move on to the next thing. Like that's how I. That's how I am. Your brain's moving too quick. It's moving too quick. My mouth is just trying to keep up.
3: The, well, the, the reality up is too is you'll forget what you're thinking about if you Dude, don't say it right uh, now.
0: It's the squirrel in the nut, right? Yes, like absolutely. it's it's just absolutely. And I think a lot of us at the table probably suffer from that, which is why. No, really, <laughs> Greg Godfrey. So let me tell you this, uh, Greg. Uh, the best way to explain him is actually by just going to look at his Instagram profile, which is Greg uh, with two G's at the end of Greg. Godfrey. So G R E G G Godfrey, uh, just all one word. And if you look at his profile, uh, the bio says nitro muscle hamster, uh, <laughs> below that it says adventurer, which I can attest to. I know he's an adventurer uh, below that. It says director slash producer slash LDS. LDS meaning he's a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, just like the rest of us here are, which I'm telling you, we don't just go out and find Mormon dudes to do the podcast with us. It just so happens that Utah, there's a lot of Mormons, and of we're all buddies. So it's kind of a tight-knit community. We will have non-Mormons on the show at some point, I promise you. We'll go find
1: some. Tank, um, do you tank, know any? Tank's not LDS. Oh, hey, there you go. Second episode. Yeah, a tank was not LDS.
3: T- tank is far from LDS, but we love Tank. Oh,
1: Tank is making big. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
0: I'll tell you, that episode with Tank hit on with a, a lot of people. Like, people oh, yeah. really, really, really responded well to that because I think people have been there. Did you have something to say? Did I change the subject too fast? (laughs) No,
4: nothing to say. No,
0: nothing. Okay, perfect. Um, So if you keep on going down Greg's bio, it says co-creator of Nitro Circus. Then it says brand ambassador. Here's another fun one that a lot of people don't realize. World record holder. And then finally, he's a father. So, I mean, literally every single one of those things is what I want to talk about on the podcast tonight. Because, uh, Greg, if you're not familiar with the format of the podcast, what we talk about is life. We talk about health and fitness, we talk about um entrepreneurship and business, we talk about culture, we talk about food, we talk about traveling. Uh we talk about um how to be a better person, meaning charity, philanthropy, uh moral issues potentially. Uh things that we try to stay away from are like direct political beliefs. We don't want to talk about anything that's going to divide our listeners. We don't want those types of ratings. I know there's a lot of shows that can talk about that stuff and get high ratings. It's not what we're here for. The purpose of this is to give the listeners an opportunity to learn something that they might not know and then start using it tomorrow. So that's, that's what we do. Um, Copy that, Evie And that is what you, my friend, I feel like you're going to be able to share some really good stuff, some really good insight. Uh, how old are you, Greg?
1: Hey, I'm almost 50. Almost 50 years old. You don't look like it. Thank you. You look like a young buck, man. With so,
3: that? Seriously? With
1: that? You just keep that short, man.
3: Yeah,
0: You always do yeah, you look both. younger than your age, though. And I'll tell you guys why. Because Greg, like I said before, uh, actually, you should look older than your age based off of what you've done and where you've been. Greg basically was the founder, co-founder, whatever you want to call it. I call him the founder because that's he was like the face of the company of Nitro Circus. So, Greg, what? tell me about Nitro Circus. I mean, there's a lot to say. You guys were there. We were.
3: You guys were there in the beginning. You guys were always around. And, and uh, it was... It started in our backyard in 2003. We'd done a few films prior to that, and then it just, with Travis's involvement, it got a lot more excitement. But he was pushing as, as we kind of, it, it was just a gaggle group of friends, just like you guys, mm-hmm. that we were like brothers and we just wanted to have fun. But we wanted to find ways that we could pay for our fun. But then the fun kept getting more and more expensive, so we had to find more and more artistic fun ways to create more
0: interest so they could have more fun. Here's what I love about Nitro and Greg is, you're the son of a trucker, right? Yes, I am Godfrey <laughs> Trucking I mean, that's basically The family business You the, the run, what? Dry vans And just basically Any yeah. sort of trucking?
3: Yeah We never never ran reefers We well, always ran dry vans No uh, flat decks, really just,
0: But just, what that did Is it gave you a yard Yes. And in that yard, you had a little extra space, maybe a tractor or two, and then you had a bunch of motorcycles. Well, it was a dump at one point. No, it truly was a dump. That was the dump.
3: It was a landfill. Don't you guys remember that where you guys did the the mud pits? Yeah, yeah. That was yeah. All, it was all landfill out there.
1: Really? Is yeah. that I, the property right next to RMR? Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
3: Well, that was RMR. RMR yes. is now gone.
1: Rest Whatever in peace. It is. Rest in yeah, peace. R-I-P,
0: R-M-R. Um, so, yeah, Greg, uh, basically, so for everybody who, who doesn't know, and if you're not familiar with Nitro Circus, I, you've probably been living under a rock because it's a very – popular uh, brand. Uh, Nitro Circus was on MTV for how many years? It was on for two
3: years. I know, it seems like it was on longer than that. It, it was does. just two years.
0: felt like an extension of Jackass, kind of. It
3: was, because you know what the Way beautiful cooler. thing about, thank you, I'm
4: that. <laughs> Way cooler. The
3: thing that was beautiful about Nitro is that we were on the heels of all the success that Jackass had had. And they didn't quite know how to handle us. They didn't know what, what we were about. They kept telling us, oh, you guys, well, can you do this? Can you do this? Can you do this? And we were like, well, we want to do stuff that's a little bigger than that. And they're like, well, what are you talking about? So we had an attorney with us. Do you guys have to have that? An attorney? On every single episode, oh. every move we made, we had to have an attorney there, making sure that the <laughs> network didn't get sued for whatever it was I that we were they, about to do. I think they do.
0: knew you better than they knew us. <laughs> so yeah, they, they, no. were, they
3: were about to learn, I'm sure, yeah, with exactly. you Yeah, Exactly. Yeah, but so that was, it started out that way, but it was Johnny Knoxville and Jeff Tremaine that really pushed pushed Nitro in the beginning because we could not get on air. We tried and tried and tried in multiple different ways to get on with whomever it was, Discovery History. And then Knoxville and I did a show together back at, uh, Kenny Bartram's place in Oklahoma, mm-hmm. and he's and Trip Tremaine too, or not Trip Tremaine. I'm mixing two people up. Yeah. Jeff Tremaine yeah. and Trip Taylor. Mm-hmm. So Trip's like, we need to get you guys on air. We went back down to L. We got when we got home, we went to L.A. We met with MTV, and this was a funny story. in Knoxville. We were driving down the the ten freeway, and I didn't know those guys very well, but. Pranksters, Lovable, interesting dudes. And Knoxville is sitting there driving down the, you know the way the traffic is in LA. And he's lighting something underneath his his (laughs) steering wheel. And all I see is smoke coming out. And he goes, this sucker's going to (laughs) blow. And he throws it in the back seat. It was a small bomb.
0: A small bomb. Inside
3: the car. Yeah, he locks the windows. And smoke's filling the inside of the car. He wouldn't let anybody out.
0: People are in the back seat.
3: Yeah, Jeremy and Travis and Jeff <laughs> Tremaine, and I'm in the front seat. I'm just waiting for the explosion. He's like, "Oh!" And I, it's the first time I'd really experienced this guy. Oh yeah, he's a living cartoon. <laughs> and so he just So even when the
0: camera's not rolling. Oh yeah, Johnny's Johnny.
3: Oh yeah, yeah. I'll tell oh. you. I'll tell you another interesting story about Knoxville. But they, so whatever this was, I was just waiting for this thing to just blow the windows apart, cause all this commotion on the ten freeway, and it just goes. It was like a Wiley Coy- Coyote cartoon goes Pew. that was it <laughs> so but, but we hit it off with those guys immediately oh, yeah. and then the when next,
0: was this 2008 2000 yeah somewhere wow. around there yeah
3: yeah 2008 like, it was in the fall of 2008 and then we ran into 2009 and 2010 and we were done <laughs> but then we started the live show so yeah. that took off so we have a live live tour that travels around the world too, right. live action sports tour.
0: That's what I love about, you know, we were talking with Rich Eggett last week, everything he's done, because you guys were good buddies and you've been good buddies over the years. started together. Yeah, you started together and it all kind of started with the Utah power sports scene, just. Dudes like motorcycles. Rich went the clothing and the branding and the apparel route. You went the entertainment route. Um, and big, big brands. Even our brand is kind of like a grandchild of what you guys started. Oh, thank you. I mean, I'm telling you, it really without what you, you guys, guys bl- did, you guys have surpassed us. I uh, believe. I don't know about that. You guys have done some pretty incredible stuff. Uh, so for those of you who don't know, Jackass is a really famous, popular show on MTV. I'm pretty sure everybody knows. What Nitro Circus did different than Jackass was they were doing the same stunts, but the Nitro guys Way were able back. to land them. Like yeah. if Johnny Knoxville went off a ramp in a shopping cart and went and broke his back, Travis Pastrana could do it, but he could do a double backflip and land it. Well, it
3: was expected, they were going to fail. They actually stated that many times. To- every time they said on it, we- nitro or no, on jackass, oh, yeah, yeah. their stunts were meant to fail. Right. And the nitro stunts were meant to: if you don't succeed, you're going to die. Right. So there was a big difference. I What's specifically the, what is remember
1: the... one that uh, you guys were in like Costa Rica, no, or it was uh, Puerto Rico. And you guys set up a jump in between two skyscrapers, Panama, and and nobody tested it. They just ran into well, this jump. How
3: do you test it?
1: Yeah, you don't.
3: There's no net. We Someone nutted up. up. I,
1: I don't know. I don't know who it, it was. It was the guy
3: that built the ramp. He never got any credit for it. I can't remember his name. Ronnie something.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <That boy laughs> but never got credit, credit for it because he forgot his name. Oh, if you f- didn't do that, you died. And it was like a terrible (laughs)
3: pass or fail.
1: Yeah, terrible, terrible death. But
3: that was the second time we had jumped across buildings. The first time was in LA and it was the same situation. Like we set up two ramps. It was one was a freestyle ramp, you know, to a landing. But we had to haul the the land, you know, those big freestyle landers and the freestyle takeoff. And Travis, it was a ninety foot gap. So it's bigger than his typical seventy-five foot freestyle gap. And he's just like I remember it, this is typical TP. He had no run up. I mean, it was basically from this wall to that window. I was a little further than that, maybe double that size. But he started out in second gear and he just, I, I, I just drove, just dug in and drove it, and he flipped it.
0: Was this a nitro stunt? It
3: was a, yeah. It was nitro. It was on like one of TV the show. earlier episodes. Yeah, oh, was, yeah. And uh, it was intense. It was so terrifying.
0: So the basically, Greg, you before any of the nitro stuff really started, before you even had a nitro brand. Your first one of your first big like notable moves was sending Travis off the Grand Canyon, right? Was that you? Yeah. Global addiction. Was there anything before that? Like that was that was one of the first big stunts you guys did. Yeah.
3: Well, we did that stunt in '97. I did it with a guy that was yeah, that was a no-name base jumper, and I this was kind of a good story. So we go out, and I'm trying to make a name for myself. We had no money. We just loaded him in our pickup. I paid the guy a thousand bucks. We had two bikes. I got the helicopter out of St. George, Utah. And he's going, Did you get a permit? Did you get a permit? And I said, Absolutely. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 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 I didn't even know where we were. I knew we were on the edge of the Grand Canyon. It was on the re- Indian Reservation. Yeah. And he's just like, Okay, where do I land? And I'm giving him coordinates, GPS coordinates. And s- this was the extent of it. And he's like, Am I going to get paid? And I'm like, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> See
0: how many views <laughs> so, we get? So,
3: <laughs> I gave the one guy cash, the base jumper. But I yeah. mean, it was a pass or fail. He had no idea. Which, dude, back then you didn't have
0: views. No. Like you couldn't you couldn't put it online and no, be like, oh the video's <laughs> doing well. You had to go produce a VHS tape and then see if it sold, right? Yes,
3: that was ex- the extent
0: of it, dude. The, the, I, you had balls of steel, like way bigger than us oh, back no, then. And
3: nobody thank you, but nobody had nobody had done this. No. So it was just so difficult to get the actual and I went to film school trying to figure out how to make a movie. Because nobody knew how to do it, I didn't know how to do it. Yeah. So I learned how to shoot. I know this sounds so dumb when these kids hear this nowadays, but I learned how to shoot and edit and do all these light corrections and so on and so right. forth. I, I, it was amazing. And then I and so you did go
0: to film school. I did uh, post high school, like a community college or no, something.
3: No, I, I got I got my bachelor of arts from oh, the University did. of Utah. Yeah.
0: Really, I didn't and know that. Oh yeah. man. Wow, that's, that's actually pretty awesome. So yeah. you went to college basically to learn how to produce.
3: I went as a business major, yeah. and I took a stats class, and I said, the hell with this. I don't blame you. And, and coming, <laughs> coming, coming from a trucking family, it's yeah. just like we got to be on the move all the time. Yeah. But then that led to, I worked in Hollywood. I worked for Disney for three years, huh. and I hated that. Yeah. And then I, do you guys ever remember who Warren Miller was?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, ski ski yeah
3: I wanted to be yeah. like the Warren Miller, but I wanted to do it in off-road. Hmm. So that's I just took all the things I loved and adapted that into, into this style of filmmaking. And then Krusty came out. And that turned the world upside down. Everybody remembers when Seth hucked himself off that dune.
0: So for those listeners, Krusty Demons of Dirt. They're this old series of motorcycle movies. Dirt bikers going out doing the most outrageous stunts. When was your first Krusty movie? 98?
3: 95. 95. I went to the premiere. That's freaking yeah, Didn't that, that get shut mind.
1: down? Like it was yeah, in like a premiere? concert venue hall or something no, and it, I, it, it, like it, it rioted? It was that get, a later one? It
3: didn't get shut down, but I got to set the stage for you. Yeah. So here comes these, you know, my wife and I, very young LDS. I'd only been off my mission two years. And we show up to this crusty premiere. No, actually, I've been on my mission for five years. But we, we go to this crusty premiere, and, I, and this friend of mine that was shooting, it, he's like, you need to come and check this out. It blew my mind. I mean, there were strippers everywhere <laughs> in there. There was a girl covered in whipped cream. There was, another, there was another girl wrapped in cellophane. But
0: wasn't this your premiere? No, this is Not the Crusty's premiere. Crusty's wasn't your movie. No. Crusty's was before you, right. Yeah, okay. yeah.
3: Crusty wasn't my... That's what kind of opened the whole genre up, right. though. Right. And I was just, and McGrath's there, and Jeff Emig. And I'm like, I can't believe these guys are associating with it. Emig was so wasted. And he had a, he had like this little, because everybody was about pimp and hoe thing. you yeah. know and He had this blue <laughs> that. vest on in his chest. I was like, what are you doing, man? And McGrath was a little bit more standoffish from it. But when you saw the movie, it blew your mind. Like yeah. they did such a good job of putting that thing together. And I said, you know what? This is going to screw my whole agenda up, because nobody wants to see an old-style Warren Miller film but I thought I can mix these two styles. I can take that action and that, but I, I wanted to make it clean. I wanted to make it family friendly, yeah. which worked for us. I mean, it was a struggle. Everybody fought me on on trying to keep it that way. Yeah. But when we did the live show, whenever you went to our live shows, I'd go up and talk to the people afterwards and it was always the moms felt safe yeah. to take their kids to something like that because right. they weren't going to get embarrassed or something dumb was going to happen. I well, mean, I they, they were like all about somebody dying. You, you innovated a new
0: genre, which I think was... Real talent meets real entertainment, which jackass is real entertainment, but there's not a ton of talent because those guys uh-huh. aren't necessarily like action sports. They're like. showmen. Yeah, exactly. They're showmen, but they're not landing double backflips like your guys are.
3: Okay. So that brings me to, thank you. Yeah. That, well, that's Travis and some of the other athletes, but that brings me to you guys. Where do you guys fit in that? Because you guys are showmen.
0: We are showmen and we are showmen slash businessmen slash we like to dabble in the fun stuff. I mean, I've never done a big, big stunt. In fact, uh, I don't know if I could actually say this or not, but I have a world record attempt coming up uh, in three or four months um, in a monster truck that I'm gonna be doing. So, what is it? Uh, it's gonna be a big one. Is it yeah. a distance? It is a big jump, so, <laughs> so it's a I I don't know how much I don't know how much they're going to let it me say, but it is going well, to be was, part of the TV show, um, and well, I'm going to. Thought break, it
3: was Feld. You were worried about, but it's Discovery. It Discovery, yeah. yeah. So,
0: um, I can't say much about it, but I do have. This will be the first time I've ever done anything like on a big scale, as far as a stunt goes. You okay, know that we, we love to go do let's, stuff. Let's
3: see if Heavy Day is conscious after this stunt, because well, this yep. is usually what exactly. happens.
0: Yeah, uh-huh. it's it's so so. You guys understand. Going back a little bit to, to Greg's beginning, you. I really can't think of any stuntman or anybody providing that type of entertainment between you and evil Knievel. I mean, through the eighties, there was a, you know, a guy here and there getting shot out of cannon and stuff like that. But you really bridged a gap, didn't you? I, I don't
3: know. That means that says. A lot. I feel like I you did, though, that. because
1: there was... No, can you think of any mainstream stunt no, people no. after Evil Knievel and Tell Greg? My memories of action <laughs> sports from working, I've worked in a motorcycle shop from what, like 14 to like just before my mission, which was 19. And everything that uh, I can remember from all that stuff is all Godfrey films. Yeah, the days 100%. of the stuntman
0: after Evil Knievel. I'm not, I don't want to try to discredit anybody that did anything because there's been a lot of cool stunts, but nothing was really mainstream until you brought it back no. in the late 90s
3: well i would give a lot of that credit thank you though i would say a lot of that credit goes to travis though he's the one that travis
0: you, wouldn't have done it without you travis would have done it you. travis would have done it in his backyard regardless whether cameras <laughs> rolling or not but you were able to i mean that's the real challenge here is to take a guy like travis who if you never met travis the dude is just like like the definition of ADD, he's mental. here, there, all mental. over the place. Super talented, uh, dirt bike rider, d- like, literally can drive anything, drive anything. Um, and he wins. But you met him when he was how old? The,
3: I did a commercial with, with Travis when he was 14, and it was at the World Mini Grand Prix. Yeah, and I watched him as he went, he, he passed Carmichael and he was leading this. It was like super minis, hmm. and he was kind of pulling away from Ricky, and he could have cared less. He just wanted to entertain the crowd, and I go, who is this kid? That was right there. It's what yeah. connected he and I, and then I went over and talked to him, and he's just so young, and then I saw him at Daytona. He won the Supercross, knocks himself out in the semi, knocked him out. He was out cold. He goes back in the last chance qualifier, wins it, and then goes and wins the main at 16, and he won the championship that year. And and back
1: like, then it was 250 and 125, just two yeah, strokes? Yeah, it was
3: 125. Wow. Wasn't so,
1: Travis in the first God, I mean, uh, uh, what is it? Crusty movie as well.
3: He was in he he did like the second or third Crusty, and he was young. He broke his wrist trying to jump something down and, and down. Uh, yeah, in Florida.
0: So help me, I'm going to organize the timeline a little bit here. Crusty's um, Demons of Dirt, right? That's what yeah. it was called. It was basically a series of motorcycle movies about guys that went out and rode dirt bikes, did crazy stunts, just really, really crazy, edgy, um, and like Greg said, it was edgy to the point where it wasn't Risque. very family friendly. Yeah. Um, and so Greg, being from Utah, having a family, uh, you would just gotten married. Found a need for the same type of entertainment that was just a little bit cleaner. So, what year is this? Ninety-seven.
3: Yeah, we started in '96. They did it in '95. We started in '96. They stopped doing it about 2002. And the, what was your first movie? My first one was Fistful of Throttle.
0: I don't think that one ever made it to my <laughs> VHS player. I'm putting that on my list right yeah. now. <laughs> that one didn't. Did that one have? It didn't reach very far.
3: No, it was teeny. It was just we just took our best shot. And then I did a I did one called Legacy that we did a lot with the Legacy. Industry. Yeah. And then the first one that I had a lot of success with was Children of Middle God.
0: So the younger listeners listening right now are like, you did what? Who is this? Like, what, what are these things called? Movies? Like, back in the day, all right? I'm only 33 years old, but back in the oh, day- you guys
3: are just young. Back
0: it's in the day, we, we used to go to, like, the movie store and rent movies, all right? <laughs> like, these VHS tapes. You're having to we, explain yeah, this? We, we would take them, and we would, bring, we would go to the store with our parents. We would bring the movie home. Well, we would put it inside funny. this device- That was either a VHS player or later on a laser disc or a DVD player. (laughs) Laser discs only made up like a year or so. Um, But so we would we would take these. It was like an hour and 20 minute, you know, hour and 30 minute video. It was a movie. But it wasn't in a movie format. You didn't have actors. You didn't have a like a plot or a script, which you started to introduce later on, a little bit more of like a storyline. Yeah. But we it's tried. basically- We
3: tried. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it not
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's a hard story to tell when you're talking about a bunch of stunt writers. But basically, you would watch this video of these guys doing the craziest stunts. So there's a video that included Travis Pastrana backflipping off the Grand Canyon, right? Yeah. Um, there are other like, huge stunts that you've probably seen old footage of that you're like, oh, that's where that came from. Now there's little viral clips on the internet.
3: Yeah, we did the one where- the one that really went off, and it was- of the metal god films was uh, the guy jumping the road. Do you guys remember that? Yeah, oh, with, with the uh, cop yelling at yeah. him. Yeah, the yeah.
1: officer, he didn't touch the highway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I
0: guarantee you can go to Instagram right now and search that clip. There's a literally just a so there's a dirt bike rider filming like a BLM officer or something like that, and then there's a dirt bike in the background jumping over the road, not touching the road, and. The, he, the cop's writing the kid a ticket because he was riding his bike on the road and he's like dude this guy's jumping the road right behind me and the cop's like he's not touching the road and then it shows and he jumps up over the road doesn't touch the asphalt and the cop's like see he didn't touch the road uh, and it's the it's the best clip you got to search the, it out
3: the, the ranger played it to a t and the, it all worked out yeah. none of them were actors that was
1: totally oh man them. are you telling me that that was set up
3: not really. Kind of.
1: Okay, because I, I, I was oh, always real. under the impression that that was 100% real. That was organic. When I first saw kind it, of, I thought it was of, real. Kind of, kind of. Okay.
3: Kind of. I. It literally was like we pulled the kid up and we told the cop, just do what you normally would do. And he just happened to play into it. Otherwise, he wouldn't have played along. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. So wow. it worked. So from 1997, it, It's
3: been out for 20 years. When, when <laughs> right. was your
0: last video that you came out with as far as like the, the what series was that called? But, Children of Metal God?
3: That one was, we did three of those, and and we did, one thing that we did, and we did initially a Grand Canyon jump in the first one, so it was 97, and then we did this piece with Carmichael, and he was up and coming at the time. Mm -hmm. Do you guys, I don't know if anybody remembers who Ricky Carmichael is? The GOAT.
4: The GOAT, but
3: uh, Carmichael was, he was the first time, he was so serious, and nobody had seen the playful side of him, and I got him to goon ride, because one of the guys (laughs) that was there at the track with me, and his mom left for a minute. Otherwise, Explain, explain never, to our like,
0: non-moto guys what goon riding is.
3: Goon riding is this where they act like they're going to die at any given moment? Like, go go look at a Ronnie Mac. Yeah, yeah so it's it's like it's
0: like whiskey it throttle. It's basically you hit jumps totally uncontrolled, but if you're a good rider, fully in control, you can go and goon ride and make it look like you're out of control, but you're fully in control and it's like hugely entertaining. Well,
3: and, and Carmichael was so serious at the time, so it was hard to get something like that yeah, out of him. Yeah, and I remember Carmichael told me we were leaving his farm. He's like, sometimes I just wish my wrist would break so I could. Get out of writing. Yeah, you know he. Was well, he was so, under
0: a lot of pressure, right? A
3: lot of pressure. He was fighting for his whole family. Yeah. It was like such a good moment. And then I saw Carmichael like ten years later. We were sitting at Seattle Supercross, and I'm like, "You glad you stuck with it, Ricky?" And he goes, "Yeah, I think he had a good, cool twenty five million in his pocket at that point." Ricky so. had a
0: really good run, he had a good <laughs> career, but at the same but, time there's guys who've had a lot more fun than ricky
3: yeah but he was amazing and it was so that was the first one and then we had and then we got involved with travis on the metal god 3 film then we did global with the local company here Ojo, and then these uh,
0: were all under the brand of Godfrey entertainment right so that's how you knew it was a it was that because you didn't really have like a it wasn't called a crusty's video or anything it was basically a Godfrey video. Yeah,
3: we were changing the how, title
0: how many yeah. have you done how many of these videos
2: how
3: many under, movies
0: under Godfrey, yeah
3: uh, about 30. I don't even know. That's how many how question. many
0: made it big that people
1: would have like heard about?
3: Well, there was the Thrillbilly series that did really well. That was and, a
1: television show too, wasn't it?
3: Yeah, but that yeah. was a movie series we had at one point. And that's where we started all the crazy crossover stuff. You know, do you guys remember that with the trucks and everything in the air at once? Oh, yeah. yes. Yeah. Helicopters and semis and so monster trucks.
0: if you're listening, uh, go to YouTube right now and just google Godfrey Compound or um Go, uh, thrill-billies. It's, it's
3: Nitro Circus crossover, I think, is where you're yeah. going to get the most. And so that.
0: you'll see these videos. What Greg's talking about is he took this fusion of dirt bikes, BMX bikes, snowboarders, trophy trucks, monster trucks, anything action sports related, and literally put them all in the same place at the same time. I think the jump, I, don't, I can't remember what types of machines you had there, but there's monster trucks flying over race cars and dirt bikes. And
3: Yeah, we almost like the, the crazy thing is, is we almost had a trophy truck take out a helicopter.
0: I remember that You guys I remember, remember that yeah, in, yeah.
3: The, in the Nitro 3D movie mm-hmm. And
0: he, that all happened Here in West Valley
3: Yeah he barely missed Like we were t- I kept the, the pilot was amazing But I'm telling him To crab in tighter And I'm screaming At him on the, the and, and here comes The trophy truck And I Kurt I don't know who No it was Willardson Was driving it Yeah and he just kept her pinned the whole time and just barely missed the helicopter.
0: Dude, that would have been. And
3: horrific. that's just
1: one of millions of close calls that you guys have had. <laughs> you know, I always wanted to be in a Godfrey film. I always did. That was something I said that I'd always want to do. And now that I'm older and already have the injuries from action sports that I do, <laughs> I'm like, I'm so glad I was never in a Godfrey film <laughs> because you you have like this power over people that I've seen you talk oh, guys into on. stuff. I don't to know. do come stuff way want, out of their comfort it's level. It's nothing
4: they
3: didn't want to do before they met me or got involved in that moment. Moment.
1: i'm just glad i did I, I i think i would be even farther broken <laughs> that's how Godfrey you know? is though greg here has like kind of a big
0: brother vibe you always have to everybody and i think that's why people are like well if greg says it's okay i'm gonna go do it <laughs> like i trust greg and the best part about greg is so you remember the church the lds church here
4: you remember it right yeah I remember it
0: Rich Rich Eggett has always told me something very funny about Greg he's like Godfrey's the best dude in the world he's such like a good solid dude he's got got strong morals (laughs) strong standards but he's also the guy who's like this church is so effing true. He's like, <laughs> he's like just so, so to kind of like I explain got the worst to listeners. Mouth is what he well, said. He's, just, he's very like, he's very like, you're just a trucker, son. That's the best way yeah. to put it. Like well,
3: my nephews have the same problem. Have you noticed that? Mm-hmm. Heard yeah. a little here and there. <laughs> yep.
0: Heard a little here and there. But uh, good dude, good family, and big family roots here in Utah. Greg, you have how many kids? I have three, but
3: with the culmination of my brother and sister, there are 13.
0: So when I first started hearing about the Godfrey kids, basically your kids and your nephews and stuff, I never knew whose was who. I thought you had nine kids. And I That's what everybody say. thinks. Everybody thinks that they're yep. all your kids, which, yep. I mean, honestly, they, it's, it's all family. You guys are all that close. Where
3: Yeah, but if I had nine kid, kids, I probably would have had a lot more fun <laughs> in the
0: process of that. So, <laughs> so um, basically, back to the timeline, 2003, 2004, you kind of stopped the moto movies.
3: No, no, the Motor movies didn't stop until
0: 2010, I guess. Okay, so basically but when Nitro, it was they the, were going right with Nitro.
3: Yeah, it was the live tour that shut down the movies for the most part. So
0: how did Nitro become about?
3: Nitro started like I, I needed a brand. I, I was doing these films and I was surviving from year to year mm-hmm. and it was killing me. And it was just the amount of effort I had to put in to keep every time to rebuild this thing. So I'm like, I need a brand. I need a brand. Travis and I had known each other for four years prior to that. And I'm like, that guy's the guy I want to build the brand around. And so I, was, I grew up around the drag racing scene. My dad had a racetr- racetrack here, right. Bonneville Raceway he started. Oh, yeah. So I grew up around Shirley Muldowney and Don Garlitz. And I remember those big fuelers coming up next to me and, and just vibrating me and just shaking me to the core. And I go, I don't know what I'm going to make, but it has to have nitro in it. It has yeah. to have the name nitro because that thing shakes me to the core. Yeah. So it helped me have a good vision of what I was trying to create with it. And then Jeremy, he goes, hey, I was just sitting, I was thinking, you know, maybe the part of the other part of this, Jeremy Rawls, is, is right. it could be circus. And I'm like, uh, uh, kind of makes, but everybody in the beginning said that's the stupidest name I have ever heard. Right. <laughs> and I remember Roner telling me like before he passed away. Was it four years now? Yeah. He was like, that name was brilliant. And I said, Eric, everybody hated that name. The only reason that name became brilliant is because the brand worked. So right. whoever's out there trying to build a brand, don't ever get caught up in the name. Right. The name doesn't mean anything. You, it's you can content. literally
0: have the shittiest, worst name. Absolutely. But if you come up with. Like if you become what you became and you provide that quality, like that high quality level of entertainment, it doesn't matter.
3: Yeah. Fill the holes. It's yeah. like, that's the more important part. Worry about the content. Right. Don't worry so much about a name and your logo. And It I, was a good name
0: would... though, Greg. I, I, well, when I first so, heard
1: it, I thought it was absolutely. a solid name. Yeah.
3: But everybody thought it would. Travis, I have an article framed that yeah. says, I hate the name. <laughs> Andy Bell. I hate the name. Do you guys remember Andy? Oh
1: yeah, yeah. Sure do. Yeah. What does he do now? He's a Toyota rep.
3: Well, no, he's, a, he's making
0: commercials for
3: Toyota. He's yeah. doing really well. Yeah. Huh living down in Long Beach. He, told me once out of L.A. Supercross,
0: well, Aaron yeah. Bates. No longer together. No
3: longer together. He's got a new wife with two beautiful kids. Yeah. And
0: Are you still close, Danny? You yeah. guys still buds? Yeah. Andy's he's talented, dude. That is a dude that can walk in anywhere, anytime, and, and get whatever he wants. Right? Everybody loves Andy. Yeah, he's like the pretty boy.
3: He was well. He was a good <laughs> PR guy for us because he helped open a lot of. doors. He called himself
0: a washed-up uh, dirt bike rider, um, and then he just kind of became entertainment.
3: Oh, he was a funny bastard. Man. Yeah, he did, and he talked Ojo. He talked Wonderly and Pratt into so many things. Yeah, over there, they paid for way many, th- way more things than they realized. Yeah, And that's what. Thank that, you, guys. That's yeah. That's <laughs> what the,
0: that's what Bell was good at. So, what year was uh, Nitro founded?
3: 2003. So it was founded in 2003. We had the, so we ran the movies up until, well, we ran them up until 2010. Then in 2008, the live, the tour or the show on MTV started and that, that's what exploded us. Back then we were getting, and we were, we were running in conjunction with Jackass and Rob Dyrdek's show, Fantasy Factory. So we, they had, they called it the man hour, man's hour on, was more than an hour, but on MTV, and they help build our brands. We help build their brands, right. and we were getting at that time six six O ratings. It seems it seems ridiculous. Sixes,
5: yeah.
0: Back it, when people used to watch it's TV, It's different. Yeah. It's different. Just and, to help the listeners understand a six. So our show rates really well, and we get like one point five, one point eight, and that's like a strong rating. It is strong. WWE gets like a two or a three, and that's like the most highest watched show on cable TV right now. You're getting sixes. That really? is. It was a that different is
3: world though. Insane. It was a different world.
0: Well, there was no other like other entertainment out there. Yeah, it wasn't. There People wasn't, was were on YouTube, dial-up internet.
3: Yeah, there was no such thing as watching it on your phone. Right. And, so that then the, that all was working really well and then all of a sudden the live show or the, the TV show went away. Right. We got in a pissing contest with the heads over at MTV. How much Imagine of that can that. you talk
0: about? I, I don't I don't want to get the details no, but tell you. It was it was very abrupt. Because yeah. Nitro was killing. It. I remember I used to like. I never used to watch TV, but I would always watch every episode it, of Nitro because it was a good show.
3: It was Red Bull and, and MTV started fighting because Red Bull really backed us, and I felt built Nitro yeah. to a, to a lot of extent. Not only with their affiliation with Travis, but just what they, how much they supported us, and that went all the way back to Austria. And they're a big brand, a lot of power. They went in and told MTV. They said um, the MTV they had a ten million dollar budget to spend with MTV and MTV or Red Bull came back and said, We're not we're pulling our budget, pulled their whole budget, and gave it to us. And MTV goes, No, you don't have a TV show anymore on MTV and pulled our show. So like that's that happened. quickly. That quick. So it happened in a matter of a week. Jeez. So that was the end of that. But it actually opened the door of what came next was even bigger. So a live tourist. Yeah, you just never know.
0: Right.
3: Just keep driving. You gotta keep driving. Right. And, and so I'm like, all right, that door's shut. Where do we go now? And we got involved with a guy by the name of Mike Poor out of Australia. Uh-huh. And this was, it even was better. It was more serendipitous than I realized because now all of a sudden we could start over there and build our live tour instead of just doing it in the U.S. So, right. so we took this time and all through Australia, New Zealand, and on that side of the world built the live tour for three years.
0: The timing was serendipitous because was. like action sports era in the States, as far as like freestyle, moto and that kind of stuff had kinda of peaked.
3: Well we were I think we were peaking I think it peaked in about two thousand twelve. But yeah it yeah. was, it, it, was, was way, it was on its way it was on its way to
0: peak and then you guys obviously going overseas, you can go to Australia right now and go do a backflip and people are going nuts, yeah, right?
3: We we still we sell shows. It's it's this the fans are you got they would eat you guys alive over there. Yeah
0: we actually do have a big audience in Australia oh, and that's it's, a, it's they're, on our list.
3: They're the biggest rednecks in the world yeah. over there. And for us too, I mean, it helps. And then you go over and and uh, so you just any any place you went, Brisbane, Australia, or I mean, Sydney, and Matt, uh, what is it, Adelaide, and Perth, we could show up and put eighteen thousand people in that stadium night after night after night, and they would they're ravenous. <laughs> the fact in Perth we had to put a fence around us yeah. because they were just a, they would attack the stage after the, and we're following <laughs> we're following YouTube. YouTube. We're following Two and Lady Gaga. Yeah. And we're selling out stadiums more than th- they were selling out. That was an awesome feeling.
0: That is awesome.
3: And then all through New Zealand, we outsold. We, we almost doubled what U2's audience was. Right. And At- I just knew this was a moment in time. It was never going to recreate itself. We just got lucky. Right. And then we, so we primed the pump, primed the pump in those that side of the world. And in 2013, we came to the U.S. for the first time. And that was something, I mean, Ethan and all of them were a part of it. I was so happy. My whole family that's was awesome. a part. When he talks about Ethan
0: and, and, um, who's uh, the Gavin, Gavin and Josh
3: and, and Chandler. These are all your your kids, there.
0: nephews, like yeah. just, that's the family. And these kids are all out. They're like natural born talent.
3: I don't, I don't know if they're na- like Ethan. Get, Ethan got lucky. Let's be honest. Ethan could not, couldn't finish school. <laughs> He just found something that was. But why he is he so damn good at everything?
0: Like everything, everything that he tries to do as far as like sports go, I don't know. Yeah, about, I, like, no, I agree. I like agree. outside of that, like filming and stuff, he's starting to do some stuff. But like these kids can get on a bike, and it's probably just part of the Godfrey pedigree. They can get on a vehicle <laughs> or bike and just kick ass.
3: They, well, yeah. they, you know, thank you, but they've they've uh, they lear- they learn through some hard knocks, and their mothers were really good. <laughs>
0: They, they learned they, off of the same old, like home built jumps out at the Godfrey compound uh, that your dudes were wrecking twenty years before.
3: Yeah, and they would go and poach the stuff like on a Saturday after we would we were done shooting. Mm-hmm. You know, they would go out and do it. And there was there was when Ethan and Josh. Learned how to do flips. I'm not sure if Colton was doing this at this time too. There was no foam pits. They were going straight to dirt, and that was ballsy back then. It was ballsy. But Josh was the one leading the charge. You know, he was flipping straight. Josh was
0: your nephew. He's Ethan's brother. Okay, gotcha. Yeah.
3: I know it's confusing, but so they, so they, they were all with the, every single boy in the family, and my two daughters were performing in the show. So we went and we played Boston and sold out. Bought the garden. We sold out Madison Square Gardens. We sold out in Philly. We sold out in Cincinnati. We sold oh, awesome. out in Minnesota. That is rad.
0: We sold Utah. Do you guys remember that in 2013? Dude, that was a great show. That was the moment. And this is under the brand Nitro World Tour, right?
3: Yeah, Nitro Circus it's Live. It's pretty
0: much. Oh, Nitro Circus Live. That's right. Um, 2013. 13,
3: yeah. And and coming home after all those years and all that time, and it had been 10 years to the day.
0: Right was pretty amazing well what was cool for us is we remember growing up watching you guys play out in the dump (laughs) like you were the godfrey boys out there jumping semis and making like plywood ramps that would fail and like doing crazy shit right here that nobody like you weren't doing it for entertainment back then you were doing it because it's what you guys legitimately loved and then you got a video camera and started producing it but when it came here and filled like rice eccles that was nuts dude like that place was full it felt good and you just you, you got in there and what did you do? You, you guys did BMX.
1: You did skateboarding. You did. Was there? You had moto there. Yeah. yeah. Um, are, you are you talking about the World Games or the Live Tour? Are we t- Which one are we talking? I don't know. Which one, I don't know if I went. to the I live think tour. the Rice Eccles one was the World Tour. That, where was world, the Live that Tour? was, was World, tour. world tour. Games. Live it's Tour was. Live Tour or? was in Vivint. Yeah. And so what well, that was, was that? more of the show. Okay.
3: That was the two-hour show. Yeah. That, what you're talking about is I don't, the, I don't think is I the World Games. That was a little different. I took
1: the two oldest kids to that one. The li- the live show. Yeah, I d di- I didn't see that. So that was still the same concept though.
3: Well, no, no, it's there's a difference because who saw both?
1: I've seen both, but I didn't I didn't go to the live to the games. I went to the live show.
3: Okay, so the live show in my opinion was much more entertaining. The live show is it was two hours of just it was in your face bangers. Yeah. I mean Non-stop. after banger after and we yeah. told a better story. Yeah. The World Games was drug out over, you know, four hours and it was most it was meant to be more of a competition. Right.
1: It was almost like bigger ramps, and it was kind of elevating what the X Games was, was, right?
3: It was huge, but I still like the live tour better. I would agree. The live tour was done on a Saturday night in January. What would that have been? Almost eight years ago.
4: The first one
3: here. And so we had 4,000 people sitting outside the arena trying to get in. That was magical.
0: That's awesome. Have
3: my whole family there, I mean, performing in the show. Tyler got knocked out. (laughs) Ethan's little brother, really bad. It was on that Zorb ball. Yeah, I totally,
0: I don't, I totally forgot about these are two different, like that's okay, two different worlds. But what's cool cool is they like it it talks about like the evolution of your brand, talking about you know starting out in the dump, starting out (laughs) in in the in the the trucker, you know, in the back lot of your of your truck yard, um, and then building this massive media mogul like this brand that went out and you know MTV picked you guys up, and then the last. Eight years of all this have been interesting because the evolution has kind of went a couple different ways, right? Yeah. As far as the, what you're doing now versus what Nitro's currently doing versus what, I mean, you're still, you know, Pastrana's still one of your best friends, but you guys don't necessarily work together on a day-to-day basis like you used to.
3: Yeah, it's right? a little different. Well, Travis has his family and his life going on. It was just, I feel proud of the fact that most of the people on our show right. are pretty big family people. Yeah. They're, they're, it resonates around making sure they take care of their family. So what do you think if you had to like, that.
0: I know this is a hard question to answer, but what would be the the key elements of the whole nitro brand that made it a success?
3: Nitro started, I know this sound, might sound a little silly, but the whole nitro thing was started off of trying to teach my kids not to be afraid. Hmm. That's where the whole thing started. I just had to find a reason and I would go right to the core and it was about my children and it was about how, they, I don't want to be afraid, no matter what it is. Right, and that resonated. That ended up. That ended up going into my nieces and nephews and everyone else. Just spread
2: throughout the whole family. Yeah. How, how old were your kids when you were trying to instill this? Because Dave and I talk often about, you know, the world's influence on them uh, versus, you know, some of the influence we'd like for them to have. Right. So, share a little bit about that. How old were they when you first started thinking about this and wanting them to not have fear?
3: They were about five. You know, I, I watched, my nephews and nieces were a little bit older, but my, my oldest daughter was five. And then my son had a horrific accident when he was, it was 2002. He was in a fire in our backyard and it almost killed him. He went 10 days in a coma. How old was
0: he at the time?
3: Five. Jeez. So it was, so there was a lot of these weird things. I have a nephew that's paralyzed and, and there's a lot of these things that have happened to our family. So it worked in some degree, like they've had a lot of, physical obstacles i would say and i think that as we work through them getting hurt and with the process of what that meant okay now you got to go to the hospital and and the moms were great about it and and they're supporting and dealing with the doctors and the surgeons and what the process is and you're going to go under the knife and that's terrifying as a kid how many of you if you guys had concussions
2: yeah Yeah. yes
3: you know how scary that is when you have your first concussion right so you're talking through that. It's such a, a different world nowadays. But you're talking through that with your kids, and they're just terrified that they're never. Their mind's not going to come back, and so they learn to cope with life. I, I think at a at a much more extreme, intense situation. So it's it's like they learn to deal. They they've my our kids have learned to um, adapt to.
0: Dude, I'm getting very, I'm getting goosebumps right now because I never really realized that this wasn't about the brand and the entertainment. This was about your family. Like I've always known that you're a family guy, but I never realized that that was the core of the brand. It was you, your family, and you realizing that life could happen to your family or you could step in and intervene and basically prepare them better than life could prepare them.
3: That's very well said. I never thought of it exactly like that, but that's well said. Well,
4: what's really awesome is that it didn't just affect your kids. I mean, you made those videos and that same lesson. Right. You taught to basically everyone. I can can think of my childhood. I'd go to school. I'd come home. I'd watch some Godfrey movies. (laughs) In fact, Marcus and I were talking before the show that we didn't make our vision boards like we talked about in the first episode, but Greg and his movies are basically our vision board. Right. Absolutely. Go out. Try what you want to do. You're going to get hurt, but you got to get back up again and go again. Dude, I'm having like a total epiphany right now. Like This is like,
0: I never understood, I never viewed your brand like this. I've always known that you're a family man. I've always known that the brand was cool and exciting, but dude, it really like not what you were trying to do for your kids. Obviously it was very effective and it worked, but it spread like a virus. to wow, all the other homes of the kids, Trusty. like, like learning, yeah, like it's okay to know? go out and bang yourself up. Like go hit a jump, go do the stunts, go do the stuff because it's life. It's going to knock you down and you got to figure out how to like, everybody in your family's had some pretty serious injuries. Um, Tanner is paralyzed, but guess what? He walks. Yeah. How does that work? Tanner's your nephew. He didn't
4: take yeah. no for an answer.
0: You,
3: you know him probably better than anybody. Oh, tell yeah. me your thoughts. Actually, we, yeah,
0: we should have Tanner on the show at some point because Tanner is, he's the most underrated paralyzed guy you'll ever meet. Like, the funniest talk dude about ever. Yeah. Uh, Tanner's 28, maybe. I don't Same. know. A exactly. few years younger than us. Okay. Yeah.
4: I'll let uh, Diesel Dave tell you about Tanner because we're all pretty close to Tanner. Dave's really close to Tanner. Tanner. Tanner was in a motorcycle accident, I think, when he was 18. Thanksgiving. Ish. Yep. 17. No, oh, 18. Yeah, right around there, paralyzed. And they probably told lots of times he was never going to walk again, and he's the type of kid who is not going to let someone tell him he can't do something. He's going to be determined. Tad stubborn. Work hard. Yeah, just a little bit stubborn. Stubborn and sarcastic. The bastard, you never know whether he's laughing or joking <laughs> or, like, making fun of you. Like,
0: I've, I still don't know how to read Tanner. I like I know Tanner better now, but when getting to know him, I'm like, this kid's a dick And I'm like No this is the nicest Kid in the world <laughs> no, I'm like he No can, he's a dick he, he, <laughs> He's he bold. He could be a dick <laughs> Yeah But Tanner's So Tanner Got in the, the wreck And became
4: Quadriplegic or paraplegic Paraplegic, paraplegic. Um, Legs Basically from yep. the waist down Exactly So um, But now He goes to the gym Every single morning He's working hard On walking again And he's He basically tells his story That He's not gonna sit down And give up And be paralyzed Like they say That he should He's gonna take life by the cojones and and walk again. So, if, I you're, a question then. if you're hold on, real quick, if you're listening, go to Godfrey 155 at Instagram. That's
0: his username. Uh, follow his content because there's pictures of Tanner not supposed to walk and he's walking around on canes and this is just like a small taste of stuff that Tanner's done we'll get into the you know, stuff that he's
4: done check here out a his magician trick when he disappears <laughs> at the poolside it's great <laughs> that's a good one <laughs> what
1: were you going to say Marcus so, so I've got a question I've got a 7 year old son who loves motorcycles just as much as I do right and uh, in the past, he started racing when he's four. And in the past three years, he's broken two collarbones. He's broken his femur. He's broken his humerus. And now just recently snapped his ACL. And he's seven? He's oh. seven years old. Wow. So he's got last it in His name him. should be Godfrey. Yeah, that's y- a Yeah, lot. <laughs> and that's, that's my question is, is like, as a father, I love seeing him ride motorcycles. And he's got it in him to where I don't think it's something he'd ever give up. But as a father, what, where do you draw the line and and where do you i, I mean I've, I've had people call me terrible parent because i've let this go on but i look at a guy like you and i'm like okay you can understand where i'm coming from you have the love you have to drive the passion for motorsports and you know that 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 uh, side of things but as a father how do you manage that do you know what i mean
3: you know for for me it was it was such a my dad was kind of hardcore he was the type that it didn't matter if you were laying there bleeding all over the ground he'd say get up <laughs> And he was he wasn't mean about it but it was a matter of if you still had the passion to do it he would support you and right. it was more my, my older brother was much more of that than even my dad but I think as long as your as your son as, as he's ha- he has passion for it
1: that's all he wants to do and
3: you, and your wife can tolerate it or your significant other? She hasn't she,
1: divorced me yet. Yeah,
3: because that's a that's a big one. I, yeah, I, I was I actually going to ask you
0: what happened. How did Tanner's accident affect your family?
3: Well, my sister in law is gnarly. Yeah, like she is so Tanner's mom is she's gnarly. Awesome. She she's one of these that
0: I don't gnarly care, in what way? She's
3: in she, the fact that she just she she's, never complained about okay. it. Okay, I mean mm. she it was hard on him. Right, it was really hard on their family, but she was just she 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 doesn't allow him to to kind of wallow wallow right, around in exactly. that it, she's she's like all right, this is our my brother's like this, all right this is our situation now's
0: your brother's son,
3: yeah, so get up let's deal with it let's go forward and there were some there were a lot of dark days yeah. and I don't think unless you've gone through that uh-huh. you don't understand that there's it's it's a long road it's, right. it's years before you see it the the most minute progress, and so you got to have a lot of faith, and you got to have a lot of drive, but that, I think it comes back to passion, even in Tanner's situation, or Jesse Nelson, or Doug Henry, or different people that have been paralyzed, like, I, I see them attack, attack their lives the same way, mm-hmm. even after they're injured, because they care about certain things, and they're, they're always finding passion, the, the worst thing you can do to your kid is take away passion, passion drives them, you know, that's everybody, I hear everybody complain about their kid doesn't want to get off the couch. The parents strip the passion away because they're so afraid of them getting hurt. Yeah, Allow them to be passionate. If they're getting hurt, you know, try and direct them and help them avoid. I think that the, as many ways as you possibly can as a parent to avoid the, the collision of, of how they're going to hurt themselves, but don't ever take passion away. I think I watched Robert Pastrana do that better than anybody I've ever seen. He was a little bit. Travis's dad. He was a little bit overboard in some yeah. ways, <laughs> but I, I couldn't believe, like, um, Travis was next level gnarly. He's, he's an only child. You know, he's, he's, uh, he's raised, his dad was an ex-Marine. But Robert was, everybody sees the one side of Robert coming across on camera, how he's so hardcore with, with Travis. But I saw the other side where his, it caused a lot of contention in their relationship, the mom, the mom and dad's relationship. But he was really loving and caring. But I, I saw that more than anything, is that Robert was all about passion he was like, I I just can't imagine life without passion. And whatever it is, it doesn't matter if you like sewing, you know, do that with passion. If you love, if you love building trucks, do it with passion. Right. You know, you guys, you guys translate and you sell, you sell your sh- spiel every day. I know this, but the reality is, is you have passion, you have passion, and that's why it translates into an audience. Right. That's that's the thing you can't fake. Whatever it is, whether was it whatever's truly driving you or you or you or you, there's passion. Right. So you've just figured out how to formulate in, that into something you can convert and people can digest it.
2: Right. We talk about this a lot. Uh, <clears throat> people will come and ask questions, you know, how do you get where you're at? And I don't have a, a following or a media platform like these guys do, but in my business world, um, it comes up a lot. Uh, and, and it is funny that you brought up passion, right? Because uh, a lot of people kind of fall in line with certain things in life and they, they forget the passion. It's easy to do. Uh, and, and for people that want to hang on to that, you know, through breaking bones, your boy, you know, there's a lot of people that would say, you know, quit it, right. You know, they're, they're judging you as a father or whatever, but a passion free life is not worth living. No. I think Les Brown says that I think, I mean, it's quoted often, but you know, there's a lot of passion in, in anyone who's happy and successful. And that is a, a very important thing that I think, uh, we, you know, isn't talked about enough.
3: Well, that's because they're missing it. But anybody that anybody that's successful, that's I'd say, it was number one quality they have. It, it and it doesn't mean you got to make a bunch of money or whatever. It's like, it, it,
4: Mister Ron Duck, I'm gonna sell you a 25 cent butterfinger. I mean, the guy's passionate. He was yeah. so
3: passionate about it. Agg, hey, what are you doing out there, buddy? <laughs> Every time you talked to him, it was it was it made you happy, yeah. right? right? So I I think that that's. Yeah, when you, when you go real estate, whatever, you're... you're, you're
4: Anything you do, yeah. as long as you're passionate ready. about it and ready to work, it's going to be great. Well, that was one of the things I noticed about you, both you two.
3: And it, but I remember that time you came up to Knievel Days. Yeah. like You were so passionate about your stick in life and, and where you were, and I, I didn't know you that well. And I'm sitting there watching this unfold. And I don't think you guys had even had a show yet at that point. But I'm like, who the hell is this guy? He shows up.
4: It's probably because I was staring at you all starstruck because I'm like, Greg Godfrey (laughs) right there. That's
3: Greg Godfrey. Well, no, he, he shows up up there in a bus. Yeah, He drove up. He has 15 dogs stroll so, out of this bus. Funny story about the
0: bus. The bus what, the bus that he drove to. Bus? Yeah, it's the same, monster bus that we have bus, that we just yeah. had on the last season of Diesel Brothers. Uh, it's obviously no longer as highway worthy as it used to be. But yeah, Dave used to travel around in that thing. Um, Did you
3: live in that thing?
0: Oh, yeah. 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 With those 15 dogs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you had
4: two other guys. with was it who, who, Chet and Tyson. Is Ruth, who was? The Ruth yeah.
0: yeah, our original mechanics that we had with us. Yeah, but the thing about Dave is, though, it's very unique. He doesn't, I don't, Dave's not passionate about this or that. Dave's passionate about life he is. and the pursuit of like just got new got flavors. Like he, that's, this is why he ran a marathon on the Great Wall of China. A lot of people don't know that. Uh, he rode a motorcycle home yeah. from the southern tip of Brazil all the way to Utah, used like 10,000, 12,000 miles. Yeah. So I think talking about passion – it's hard to realize it. I think it's hard for people to define. Sometimes it becomes such like a, a, like a key word, like a buzzword, like passion, passion, passion. But what does passion really mean? Because passion, it's just what you just said. There's, there's two <laughs> sides of that, of the passion coin. There's the good side. And then there's the bad side. Passion has a side that is potentially like, um, it's, it's not always beauty and glitz and glamor. Like, passion also gets you through like the grind and those bad dark days of like we've been through some dark days in this business where you know old partners have sued us and we've been on the verge of bankruptcy you know multiple times to me that's still passion because what that does is is that fuels that that fire which is obviously i think the passion and so if you don't have those negative moments you don't have those really low lows you can't experience the high highs which is you know, to me, that is the, the, the passion that keeps us driving Mm that the the motivation to keep going. And if you don't know contrast, you can't understand like what's really good and what's really bad, which is why, well, I'm telling you this is because you go back to your kids, your kids have never had just an even keeled life. They've never just been like maintaining or neutral. They've had their low lows when they've got hurt, they've had their concussions and they've had their high highs when they land a trick that no, none of their other friends could. And they did it on national TV or they did it wherever. So I feel like that's a good life lesson to take away from this is you got to, you got to have those down days. You got to have those low lows. Like you got to hit, you got to hit that low, low to be able to experience that high, high. Do you, do you agree?
3: Yeah. So I I think that fail, I, I heard one of the best sayings I ever heard when I was younger and I was just getting into the film business is fail fast. Yeah. Everybody's going to fail. And, and again, passion's what pulls you through and excitement and to wake up in the day. And, and you know it's, it changes as you go through your life too. It's never the same thing. And the, the, the beautiful thing is, is don't be afraid to fail, right. but just fail fast. Get it out of the get, way. Get it out of the way and get through it and, and rise up to where you're going to get in those moments. And I think that the beautiful thing about a motorcycle rider is they can't really be cocky. Would you agree?
1: Absolutely. The, yeah. Um,
3: yeah. Because they're too quickly, they're going to be... Humbled. Oh, fast. <laughs> yeah. Mother Nature yeah. has a way. Because yep. you'll be knocked out. You'll have a broken arm. You'll, and that was one thing I loved about that sport is like a baseball player, nothing against baseball players, but if they have a bad day, they can blame it on everybody else. Yeah, it's, it's, they walk away from a, a motorcycle <laughs> racer.
0: You, you have a bad, bad day,
3: day, it's a bad day. It could be your <laughs> last day.
0: I mean, yeah, that's, that's the thing about it. Like, and I think what that also teaches you is respect. A lot of motorcycle racers are adrenaline junkies. They're thrill seekers. They're guys that are constantly pushing themselves to like the very edge to find that last little drop of adrenaline. Where um, you know, riding a motorcycle, you have to learn how to respect that because yeah. you can push it, but if you push it too far, there's a limit.
3: There's well, you're gonna pay. And you're going to pay, mm-hmm. you're going to pay with not just, you, you know, you, you could pay with your sanity because you hit your head so many times. What I, yeah. This is what I'm dealing with right now. <laughs> had a good talk with Justin Summers just recently from yeah. Climb about head concussions, you know. And he you had a bad to, one. Yeah. About how to recover from that. Mm-hmm. And another obstacle in life, like there's a guy that's been super successful, super passionate about his brand and what he's done. Mm-hmm. And here he's thrown this at, at, you know, 45 years old, this real heavy dose of, of that he's mortal. Right. And he said it was the best thing that ever happened to him.
0: Humble pie, man.
3: Yeah, but that came through racing. Right. You know it was not motorcycles, but
0: Rockwell also. Watches has a watch named after you, the Iron Man, the Godfrey <laughs> Iron Rider, whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. And they call you that because you are there's is there at the time or is there still not many guys that have Iron Man the Baja 1000? Well, I got lucky. <laughs> I think you're that's the story of your life.
3: I got lucky. I in, in 07 TP and I uh Travis this is this is this is like, I'm writing a script about this and we've been working on it for five years. And I, I finally got Red Bull and Warner brothers interested. So we'll see what happens with it. But it was, he walked out of, we were editing nitro three and Travis (laughs) goes, Greg, I got the best idea. I think you and I could Iron Man the 1,000. It's the longest one in the history of, of the race. It's it's a full 1,300 miles. It goes from Ensenada to Cabo. We can do it.
0: Iron Man means, uh, for, if you're not familiar, it's the Baja 1,000, which runs down from the tip of basically California to to, to uh, Cabo San Lucas, basically yeah, bottom of, uh, and uh, Iron Man means that you're going to ride that whole race by yourself okay. on a motorcycle. Now you got to realize it's more than a thousand miles. It's usually like 11, 12, 1,300 miles. And when big race teams race this, they're trading drivers, they're trading seats, and most of them are in vehicles. You're talking about a dirt bike, just you and a dirt bike. Racing and it's a, on a dirt bike. What do they finish the race in? Eighteen hours, twenty hours, something like that. Like well, the four man teams. Yeah, yeah. You're talking like just that. nonstop. So you and Travis obviously agreed to do this. Yeah. Well, we we
3: I kind of agreed, and and my my <laughs> wife was not in agreement with this. She did not. But my kids, I remember specifically them all coming out and saying, "Are you going to do it, Dad? What was my What was my overriding right thing. right I and you just been pushing them i was gonna teach them not to be afraid yeah, so, you couldn't say no <laughs> yeah so you got to say all right I'm, i can do this and I, I was i was like i'd done a lot of endurance races and i'd raced my whole life but i was like i don't know if this is feasible
0: and i don't think people give you enough credit godfrey's a damn good rider. you're a good rider. Oh, you're yeah. you're, a, you're an excellent driver because you've got a world record stunt in a semi you're a good motorcycle rider you've always kind of been the man behind like the business side of it and producing it but to give you some credit, you're a damn good rider,
4: and you yeah. still ride. He had to keep up with all the guys that he was filming. I mean, to be <laughs> able to film them, get that content, right. and keep up, you're probably the best one that there was. <laughs> oh, thank you. You guys are making me feel like, well. You,
0: I mean, me. the thing is, you deserve it. you inspired all of us as kids to mm-hmm. like, like we would not. I, I, I can very confidently say that this business. Wouldn't exist. Our TV
1: show would not exist if you didn't do what you'd done.
3: Fantastic. Thank you. When you wow. were that's talking the about bringing
1: guests, hundred percent. When 80%. you were talking about bringing guests, man, and, I, and you said Godfrey, I just wrote back Godfrey. Yeah, the two, the <laughs> two, that was it. The two
0: people that I wanted on the show before anybody else was Rich Eggett and Greg Godfrey. Because yeah. without those two key players, did we would I would still be freaking I would still be selling used trucks, <laughs> like that's it. I would. Well, d- Dave have, would be lost. He would you, be. You, where you guys have
3: surpassed be? us. So I'd still been the job. bus.
0: <laughs> well, we, we just, we I mean, a lot of it's timing. A lot of it's, you know, luck. we're all in the same shoes. Like luck, timing, and hard work, we all have that in common. And it's just a matter of when it strikes and how hard it strikes. So back to the Baja 1000. You wrote it. You did it.
3: We wrote it. We did it. We took, um, TP was... Really pulling away from me to be quite honest to give him due credit. He was Granted, he's
0: twenty years younger than you. Uh,
3: and he's Travis he's the best one yeah. of the yeah. best riders
0: on the earth. He's a freak of nature.
3: Yeah, but he was going, I just I'd done too many of these stuff not that long ever, but I'd done too many of these endurance races and I go, he's gonna go out hard. Way too hard, way too fast. There's too many you realize there were I, I think the average, um every hundred miles there were there were a hundred booby traps. That year yeah he's... it was when the it was when the cartel was super strong, right, there was all kinds of crazy things going on, like uh there there was tons of planes being landed because they're running drugs all over, <laughs> and there's trucks going backwards and forwards, and you know just insane, so the people were a little more rambunctious i'm not sure why, but there were if you hit one rock in. 1,300 miles, you're done. Your day's over. That's the end of end of your race. Well, Travis is pushing so hard and so fast. He went into a silt bed. He's exhausted. He's been on the bike for 30 hours straight. He's making dumb decisions, and he went, I think he went almost neck deep, and you know how bad oh, those tell, silt are. Hold on. Worst. For the listeners, there's
0: so many people that don't understand what we're saying because they don't know motorsports. A silt bed in a it's desert race nightmare. is literally the most terrifying thing in the world. <laughs> you can't see. It's like dry quicksand. <laughs> Basically That's it's a good it's, way to put it. it's the it's the sandy loam. It's like basically dust in a high quantity. So if when you know when you get a dust on a on a book and you blow it off, it's that but it's four fine, feet deep.
3: Fine dust.
0: And it's it's as soon as it hits your bike or your truck or whatever it is, it instantly cakes on you. It clogs up your radiator. It gets you stuck like beyond instantly. stuck.
3: Well, and then you're stuck inside of this, let's say powder snow too, Right. because it's the only way you can say that the vehicle you're on is invisible mm-hmm. a certain to a certain extent. And then here comes another vehicle plowing through that thing at 30, 40 miles an hour. And if you're not out of the way, you're going to get run over. Your truck's going to get used as, a, as traction, or worse, your motorcycle rider. You and your vehicle are right. going to get used as traction. So that's what happened to TP. He sunk, sucked the motor, or he, he blew a bunch of stuff into the motor. You know how you have the – we have those on tra- – I can't remember if you have them on trucks, but they pull – it's like a screen cleaner.
4: Yeah, So it pulls like on the, Yeah, uh-huh. pulls
3: on the filter, so it's supposed to give it new life. He did that. And then it sucked in and destroyed the motor. Oh. So TP's life was done, but it was because he was making bad decisions, because he was so tired, I believe. Right. And I kept, he pushed too hard. I kept hearing over the radio, Travis is down, Travis is down, and I'm like, all right, the next pit. Is he okay? Right. Yeah, he's okay. He's okay. He's just broke. And I knew where he was. He was a mile, he was eleven 1, hundred miles somewhere around there. Was he was eleven
0: 1, hundred miles in. Eleven hundred miles in. Oh, so just
3: close. outside Concepcion. You remember that is down yeah. at the bottom? Mm-hmm. And I kept hitting all these ugly silt beds and then I came up on where TP was supposed to be, and the sun was just getting ready to go down. No TP, so he had bagged it and took off down to Cabo. And you look at the footage from that from that day, and he was he was so spent because after he stopped riding, he started to go. Yeah, his his hands started to be crippled like a pilot. You kind of start to
0: atrophy a little yeah. bit. Yeah, and
3: your feet do the same uh-huh. thing, and you get trench foot and all this weird stuff. And plus, you're just tired. Of it.
2: So but I did you, I did a small trip down there, uh, 100 miles a day, uh, not. Even nearly as far, and it wasn't even a race. It was just more like a, a tour, right? How did you do this? Like you didn't sleep? Are you saying you didn't, didn't sleep? You just How rode for hours? thirty hours? How long? 40, 40 hours
3: straight. That's nuts. oh my gosh! That's two days. That's eight hours shy I,
0: of two full days.
3: I watched the sun go, go down. Watch oh the sun come gosh. up. Watch the sun go down again.
0: And you're not talking about a leisurely stroll on nice packed no. trails. You're talking. Did the trucks? The trucks all pass you at some point. The trophy trucks.
3: Yeah, they because you start before they, the trucks. They caught they caught me. I, I remember because I almost got used as traction by Larry. A Roswell. trophy
0: truck. Oh, Larry. At
3: 140. Roswell. I'm going along at 110. Now this is. I'll, I'll quickly get through this, but I'm going along at 110, just outside of uh, where's the place where the San, San Felipe, San, San Felipe. San Oh yeah. Uh-huh. So down down halfway down through there, and I'm asking the guys like, "Where's the trophy trucks? Where's those trophy trucks?" Because Robbie Gordon said, "Just hold your line. I won't run you over." I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> and and I'm going at 110. I'm ho- i that's fast.
0: On a, what bike was it? 450. Yeah. Okay.
3: It was it was blown out to a 530. But I'm going along, just tapped out, and you start you get numb. You can't you know you can't. There's no depth perception. I'm super tired. I'm seeing things. There's are googly eyed monsters running across the <laughs> desert. I'm losing my mind. Your bars are doing this. Yeah, You're just. I, I just don't even know yeah. what's. I mean, I'm just focused on where I'm supposed to be, and I thought I saw a truck. Thought I saw a truck, and then all of a sudden I was overtaken by. Rossler, 140, on it on the dirt. You know, you guys understand. Yeah, like yeah, when yeah, you're exhausted, yeah. he overtakes me, and my light goes out, and so I'm immediately just following the truck, trying to stay up on you know on the course because I don't know where I'm at. This is night. Yeah, oh. it's like three in the morning, and and my I'm just following him, and all of a sudden the bike just went out from underneath me. Luckily, I hit the ground, and kind of bounced around, and I was okay. But at, I.
0: At, Anywhere between 80 and 100 miles an hour
3: Yeah I don't know where it was But I mean how fast (sighs) I was going But the truck takes off And it took me a minute And I just kind of sat there And I'm like my life (laughs) Is 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 it my out here? You know And then I saw a little dude Kind of walking towards me With a flashlight And it was a little Mexican Picked my bike up Nobody was around us except this guy, this little campfire. This is the Mexicans that you love, you know? Right. Yeah. Little village, little fishing village on the Pacific side. He comes and gets me, drags my bike over. My light's gone. I can't figure out what's going on with it. They feed me an empanada. <laughs> 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 They're trying to feed me beer. and I'm like, oh, I'm good, like, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and waited until the sun came up and right as the sun came up, I took off again and it was all good. You I mean, had your
0: little it, siesta and you're back on your but, way. So but off.
3: reality, you know, it could have killed me oh, so quick. Yeah. And it was, and lights out my life over but you know baja gives you these little miracles right that's why we go back
0: yeah i, I was actually gonna say i'm gonna put together a trip where just us bros like the, the your generation you rich and your guys and then us i'm gonna put together a trip where we go down and take bikes and razors and just go do it let's, ethan and i were just talking it. about that today let's i am, Ethan's I am
3: so fun in those scenarios Easy. Yeah.
0: good i'm so down for that so you guys will probably actually see i'm gonna i'm gonna bring along cameras and we're not, not the film crew You're but in. I want to show people what Baja's Baja is about because Baja is crazy man okay let's, let's plan it I'm done I'm, I'm going to go race let's go San Felipe next week.
3: and that's in the middle of February you guys want to do it somewhere around there yeah are you going to pre-run it yeah but we'll we'll, well wait till after the race and done. then we'll go hit bigger section of the
2: peninsula Ensenada, I, I am San Felipe back Oh no! no. Let's, like
1: go Let's go down. Let's go down from San Felipe down. Okay, now I'm starting to get the chills. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in.
3: Uh, if you go from San Ignacio down in the Bay of La, and that is, it's amazing yeah. through there, and it's not so beat up. Like the northern part is
0: thrashed. <laughs> yeah. I'm in. I'll have. We'll have a trophy truck. We'll have some razors. We'll have dirt bikes, and just kind of take turns and rotate. Yeah. So. 100% in. We're let's making it, it happen. Af- back.
3: After you guys, after the 250, let's okay. just go do it.
0: We'll look at the dates and we'll just make it happen. I like yeah. this. Sorry, Discovery. We're going, we're, uh, this now. is your notice right now for our back producers listening. So
4: Back in my bags right now. right now. Listen,
0: Greg Godfrey, I mean, man, this went differently than I expected. It went so much better than I expected because I think people look at you as the, the action sports guy because you are and you are the dude when it comes to like big stunts and, and tricks and stuff like that but what I want the world to understand is you're a family man and the reason you're successful in everything you do is because you're a family man. They've driven you to the point where you've entertained millions and millions of people and motivated and inspired millions of children plus parents motivating their children based off of just a passion that you had for a sport and a passion that you had to make sure that your kids weren't a bunch of Nintendo playing deadbeats. Right? I mean I I feel bad for like there's a lot of kids at video game and I'm you know I'm not trying to be rude about that, but go outside every once in a while. I don't right?
3: think they're listening to your podcasts. Yeah, they're probably not. There's a different it's a different crowd. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um real quick, you have a world record which is long
4: distance.
3: So I have four. Okay. Not that I not that I'm bragging on, but that. you know what, I gotta claim claim them as I get older. Absolutely. So the Baja I said to the longest and fastest run solo run of the peninsula. And then, semi. you still have
0: that? Yeah. Nobody's broken oh, that? No, nope. Wow. Because nice. Larry Rossler's Iron Man-ed it too, hasn't he? That is huge.
3: Rossler's never done it.
0: Oh, Rossler hasn't. He's done it. He's won it in trophy trucks. Yeah, Ken
2: Nord- Do you know who else has done it? Who else has done it?
3: There's been a couple guys. They're like full like fitness people. But nobody. The, I'm <laughs> I mean, not that. I mean,
1: Travis Pastrana will finish, right? Yeah. Well, that's. Pastrana didn't finish and you finish. Right. That's huge. A
3: Everybody blows up, but there's been guys that have done it. They just have it, just has, the race hasn't been that long. So, I think this year they're, they're going to make it longer than 13. I think just because I keep saying that, <laughs> just so somebody can beat my record. But yeah. I, I have that record and I have uh, the longest and highest semi drum, truck jump in the world.
0: Yep, I was which there. was done at Evil Knievel days up in Butte, Montana. Yeah, up in Butte. Uh, uh, and it, when you think about a semi jumping, like don't think about tube chassis, like full blown built truck. Like this was out of your, your yard. It was, uh, huge. It was Pretty much stock suspension. Well, all we did is rip the stuff out of the cab, yeah.
4: put
3: a capsule in it, and put Fox suspension on it. And my brother's mechanic went and welded Jeez. a few things. That was about it. You it's saw the truck. truck.
4: Oh,
0: yeah.
3: It didn't have that much done How far know. did you jump? 162 160. feet.
0: From point-to-point distance-wise. And did you get height in the same jump?
3: Yeah, it was the, it was the highest one. It was like, but it that doesn't, you know. Because
0: you're, you're crossing over something. Yeah, right? but they, yeah.
3: they measured it from the bottom. Right. It was like. Thirty-five feet or something, but it was. Oh, you got to watch oh, that. Oh, you just Google Greg Godfrey semi truck jump, and
0: it's not. It is not a smooth. I mean, it was as smooth as it could it be. Was pretty
3: smooth. The front end blew apart on yeah. me, and then you spun <laughs>
0: out, and it was like a.
3: At, <laughs> all the kids think I did that on purpose. I thought I you was did just it just on purpose. Fight, I no, did. I was just fighting for my life. <laughs>
0: <not>. <laughs> but you didn't hit a building, or you got close. No,
3: and I don't know how. You imagine how spectacular that would have been if I went right into the building. That would have
4: been the like.
3: In that same day, my cousin or my my cousin, my nephew set the world record for the longest. The, the highest razor jump in the world. The and this is Tanner. The Tanner, Tanner. Who, in
0: fact, we were going to get into that. Tanner, the paralyzed, uh, our paralyzed friend, who was never supposed to walk again in the first place, who, who said, screw that, I'm going to start walking. And he walks with mm-hmm. canes, and he kind of like...
3: Drives with a cane. Bumbles yeah,
0: around. Exactly. He went and said, I'm going to set a world record for distance in a, in a razor. Did it with driving with a cane, pushing the throttle... And he's a wild man with a... Th- like, there's not a lot of control with a cane. I, yeah, he is he a really, great driver. He
3: is until you hear that thud, thud where he's missing the bridge. <laughs> <Yeah>. It's a <laughs>
4: terrifying sound. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's terrifying. <laughs> your ears like, ah, you're just like, you You check your harnesses at that point. <laughs> but,
3: but so the cool thing... This is this might be a new show we're developing, too. It's, it's like there's no other family in the world that has more world records than us. Huh. Because Ethan has... I, don't know, I think he's got a few. And Gavin has... I know one or two, and then Tanner has them. I have one. My fat, oh, out of shape, old brother that runs the trucking company thought he would have got a world record, <laughs> but he crashed the truck. As you know, on I a distance have, jump, front well, flipped it, didn't he? Yeah. An eighteen thousand pound truck front Ooh. flips it.
1: Yeah, which that should be like, a world record, yeah. right? Front yeah, flipping was, a truck it,
3: it should say the fattest guy flipping a front flipping well, a truck. Yeah, <laughs> he
2: got that one. So you and your brother are friends, right? Yeah, <laughs>
3: yeah. But I'm the world record holder. No. <laughs> <He's
2: not. laughs> so wait, what's next though for the family?
3: Um, my daughter has the longest. This is kind of a this is kind of world record grub holding, but my daughter has the longest and highest blob jump. Have you guys ever seen that?
4: Oh really? Medin. Oh yeah, she got rocked.
3: Oh, she did like she did five or six. Flips and then she. Oh, She's like eighty yeah. feet. Did she get knocked
0: unconscious, or she? No, she
3: was good. She stayed tucked the whole time. Yeah, and okay. she just went right in. No, my other one, my other daughter got knocked out. Gotcha. Yeah. Heather got knocked out too. I
0: didn't no, know yeah. that one.
4: But so <laughs> if you haven't right. been knocked out on a blob, you haven't lived. <laughs> if you if you look at
0: <laughs> if you look at Greg's uh, Instagram, you're going to see a bunch of cool uh, pictures and videos of you doing stuff. Just for you and your family, not even for that, like entertainment. Sometimes you go find some of the most amazing places because Southern Utah is just a gold mine. There's, a, there's so many, and you know all these sneaky spots that nobody knows. I see you, you guys, guys like, are starting to I, find them. I know, but yeah. because <laughs> we have a helicopter, <laughs> you, showed us. Yeah, you go, true. you go on dirt that's bikes and, and UTVs, and I see you guys at old mine shafts and like parts of Lake Powell I didn't even know existed. Tell me about the family leisure time. Is it? Is it constantly trying to push the limits even the ca- even when the cameras aren't rolling?
3: Well, I think it was a lot more like when the kids were younger and they were trying to impress girls. Cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm that was what fueled it more than anything is yeah. when they were trying to impress a girl. Ethan and, and Gavin would start getting head-to-head <laughs> or Tyler over over a girl. Wow. It, it was it was more <laughs> powerful than money. It yeah. was more powerful than fame or any kind of
0: notoriety. It, it would just drive them to do insane things.
3: And insane. I watched Tyler flip Double, double, double gainer back foot. Was that what you call it? Double back foot gainer, yeah, mm-hmm. 100 some odd foot down at Lake Pal. I couldn't even believe it off a know. cliff, yeah. It was like it was all
4: bare, for a chick,
3: yeah, and he <laughs> hit it perfect, luckily. I, so, I've oh. seen Ethan get splatted a few times trying to show off, and then Gavin a couple times. So, mm-hmm.
0: I, I like, I'll jump off a cliff at Lake Pal, I'll jump, I'll do a gainer off a 60, 70 foot cliff, and I feel like. When I'm doing that, I'm the only guy in Lake Powell like the bravest dude there because I usually probably am. But then I'll go home and I'll see a clip of you guys were there the week before and your guys are doing double gainers and like stuff Not that's me. like, dude, I'm twice th- as high. I literally, I don't ever really get butterflies. Like, I don't get like nervous that easy until I see some of the stuff that you guys do, like uh, Colton's razor wreck down yeah. in Caneville. Like, uh, you guys have right. had some gnarly well, close calls, but you've done some huge things.
3: You know the thing you never do? Huh? One more time. You never oh, say it yeah. one more time. Yep. Col- you say it last run. Oh, yeah. Colton's over there going, one more time. Because Colin was shooting right. it. And, and he's like, one more time. I'm like, and he just got a little sideways. Yep. And that was the end of his day. And it mm. could have been a lot worse. You saw how he was coming out. Right, of his, yeah. He didn't tighten his seat belt up all the way. Mm. His, his
0: a couple more is. rolls and he would have been out.
3: Yeah. He, so. he smashed his head. Yeah. yeah, you're right. I forgot about that one.
0: Well, here's the deal. Uh, We're to the point where... (laughs) That's (laughs) a world record. That is. World record roll. That is. Colton, you have a world record. (laughs) (laughs) The point of this podcast, Greg, um, as you're familiar, uh, we like to leave people with kind of tips and tricks and very simple things that they can implement. And I'm sure you have... I'm going to let you give a couple that uh you know you may think of uh, and they can be very basic. You know, Tank Machine was on here a couple of weeks ago and his tip was make your bed in the morning. But guess what? It's That's very a military powerful. thing. It's a military thing. Yeah, so have you been doing it? Um, my wife has I actually I got I got I got in a lot of trouble. <laughs> that count. I got yeah. not in a lot of trouble, but I got <laughs> home and Ashley was listening to the podcast and uh, she's like, "You know, you're kind of cheating, right?" I'm like, "What do you mean?" She's like, you know the bed's made every morning i'm like yeah that was on the podcast she's like who makes the bed (laughs) and i was like holy shit (laughs) she really does every single morning and honestly there's been a couple mornings where like things get frantic and we all leave the house and and you're not able to make the bed dude it it, like takes a toll on the whole rest of the day like if you leave your house especially my wife with the bed unmade in her mind you left the house on fire like you might as well have left the house on fire so if you're married Learned make your trick. bed. <laughs> like if your wife doesn't do it already, do it for her. It's going to make, you know, a big impact. So we're actually You've um, completed
3: one task, right? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, we're going to start compiling a list. I'm actually going to write a book of all these things that we're learning on these different podcasts. Be checklist. But uh, what I want to do uh, right now is get into my homework that I want to leave everybody with the week and then when I'm done I'm going to give you an opportunity to share whatever you want. Um, but what I want to share with you right now is actually man, I don't know like this is the odds of this happening and how this lined up and the fact that I just came across this old audio clip that I recorded and the fact that it has to do with you after I had already invited you on the show and I'd forgotten that you were part of this like dude I it was it was really like it was one of those moments where it's like I look up and I'm like okay thank you like not a coincidence it's just one of those deals where it's like everything lined up for a reason um so what it is is back in 2011 when I was first married uh my wife we had just found out she was pregnant with our first daughter Charlie and I didn't have any money I had a lot of debt because I went out and borrowed a bunch of money on on cars, um, and and leased the cars out and was trying to use that as working capital. But the cars I was repoing them, it wasn't working well. Um, I had just tried to start my own little dealership, wasn't making much money, but. I didn't really know that I wasn't doing well. Like I thought I was still doing like great. I was just like every day grinding, grinding, grinding. Those were the days. Those were the days, 2011. And so I remember finding out we're pregnant and I'm like, well, time to step it up. Like I got to get into this. And I've always been into like the personal developments, like get better every day type of stuff. But this was the first time in my life that I'd actually sat down and said, okay, now I have a family to support. I have a little girl on the way. I got to figure out how to make a real living and take care of this beautiful girl and my wife and my baby. So um, I don't even know where I learned this exact thing, but you've heard of positive affirmations, right? Basically, you you tell yourself you're strong. You tell yourself you're beautiful. You tell yourself you're talented. So I had heard about this, um, and in some audio book or some recording somewhere, it it said very specifically, write down a list of things, of affirmations that you believe or that you want to believe or that you want for your life and record them into your phone and then play that back. And so I thought, well, it's a great idea. But what I did differently was I couldn't, I really had a hard time just listening to myself, talking to myself. It was just kind of a weird concept to me. So I recorded a list of, um, I've done this multiple times since then, but my first list was maybe 10 or 15 items. And then I dubbed over an Enya soundtrack to it. Because I really love Enya. I grew up like listening to Enya for some reason. I just and you admit that. I, I I openly admit that I
1: love. Is this a real thing? I'm telling you right now, guys.
0: So I grew up with my mom playing Enya in the house. Like it was just part of my childhood. His playlists. Uh, yeah, they were blowing my mind. And that's another that's another part of the podcast we're gonna get our, into. Our DJ, Bobo. Are just, DJ Bobo.
2: DJ Bobo. not
0: always. So I take I take I was I think it was Orinoco Flow by by Enya, and I dubbed it over my sound recordings, like my me my my, my positive affirmations. And I was so like self-conscious of this at the time. And I'm still like, this is like a very vulnerable thing for me. And it, the fact that I'm about to share it with you is even worse. Uh, good for you. Come on nobody has, nobody has ever heard this. Nobody has ever, like I was in, I was in a, in a I was, I've been in, in like road trips with my buddies multiple times where it's on my iTunes and like, you'll hear me start talking, I heard like, f- like flip through it as fast as I can. I don't know. Everybody wanted to hear this. Right. That happens a lot. So I recorded it. I just got to tell you guys the background <laughs> of this the night I was like, all right, I'm going to do this. I'm going to record this. I go out and I sit in the car in the garage. My wife's watching TV or something. It's late at night. Cause I don't want anybody to know what I'm doing. And I get in there and I start reading my list and start reading my recording. Bam. I re- record like 15 times till like perfect. I do the dub over. I don't even know how I did that back in 2011. I don't know anything about audio or mixing or editing made the soundtrack. And then for every single day for five years after this, I listened to the same track, uh, every morning, literally every single morning. When I go to the gym, I would make myself listen to it two or three times. It was maybe total of six minutes. Um, and then, you know, as I became more successful and more busy, I kind of forgot about this old one. I still do affirmations, but not in the same format, but dude, Greg, I got to tell you what's so funny in this, in this, um, recording I made, I talk about people that I, that I want to be like, and it's not like, it's not like a list of 30 people. I list off, I think four or five names. Um, and I don't even remember saying this, but you, Rich Aggett, uh Tony Robbins, um, Thomas S. Monson, and Larry Miller, I think, were the names on the list. Like, that's an that's a, a, that's that's a elite group. crowd. That's a good group. Yeah, that's nice. a good group. So I'm going to play this for you guys. I don't know if you want to try to if if
1: Pull your windscreen win off and play it, and if it doesn't come through, we'll we'll incorporate it into wild. the podcast. Dude, I remember you doing this because I did it. Well, what's funny is, you I remember I, talking about this. So I
0: didn't find this clip until 2 days ago when I Google when I went to my email and yes. typed in affirmations and here's the funny part. I have this clip emailed to myself three four weeks later i have a list of affirmations emailed to you that i told you to like listen to or do something with i was like trying to get everybody to do this i was all excited about it i remember you did this because
2: i did it on a drive through uh, monte cristo Mm -hmm. i remember uh i I didn't want anyone to know either and so i was driving my car and i totally did the same thing i'm so i'm gonna play this
0: clip for you guys Uh, just so the world knows this is like super uncomfortable for me because it's just it's just weird to me that you, the people hear this I don't know So we're going to play it I'm going to try to take the old uh, Cover off the microphone And hey, If you're not uncomfortable You're about to be uncomfortable You're not growing <laughs> You're ready for oh, yeah, that's right. You're not growing Alright here we go
5: I'm confident and have no care For what others around me See or think of me I'm a leader in the church And a leader in the community I make powerful covenants And keep them I earn at least $6,500 Every single month I'm a full and generous tithe payer. My business is grossing $500,000 in 2011. I'm a very quick, efficient decision maker. My wife is a princess, and my love and attraction for her grows every single day. I'll have at least one cage fight in my life. I will invent something.
0: I will... I'm not- I got to pause that. <laughs> what did you say? He's He's a a cage fight. Yeah, I've committed I'm committed, to, I'm committed to at least one cage fight apparently. in my I got life. boxing gloves in my truck right now. We yeah, can handle so, this. Yeah, so dude, I on this just committed to a freaking cage fight. I'm about halfway through, but a couple things I want to touch on. <laughs> I talked about wanting I talked hey, about wanting an interesting dude. I'm so
3: proud right this now. This is so ballsy for yeah, me to do. Oh, so it's ballsy, really best, Yeah. Because
0: dude, the best part is uh I talked about wanting to make $6,500 a month That to me back in 2011. That was like the dream income. I I think I hit that like six months after I recorded this. And then I talked about wanting to make $500,000 as a total for my business, like gross revenue, not, not profit. Yeah, I think you've over in 2011 done that. last year we did over, we'll, we'll our business does 20, 30, 40 million a year. Uh, and it, this all happened without me even realizing it, but this is the seed that I plan. I'm going to finish playing this for you real quick.
5: Take the time, I will always be in amazing shape. I will learn how to fly and own a helicopter. I have the characteristics of men like Thomas S. Monson, Larry H. Miller, Rich Eggett, Greg Godfrey, Tony Robbins, and many, many more. I'm six foot two, 220 pounds of muscle. I am honest in all my dealings. My knowledge and understanding of the gospel is growing daily. I will never run out of money or resources. I have the means to contribute to those in need. I am generous with all that I've been given. I am naturally talented and excel at everything I do. I'll get into motorsports and different types of racing and become very good at it. I will own a shop at least 8,000 square feet or bigger. I will make a name for myself and I will carry on the family name. (laughs) I am receiving everything on my vision board.
0: So that's the end of that recording. Um, that's pretty awesome. I'll, I'll actually, look at this. I, so I, I affirm- it, yeah. affirmations, March 2011. That's when I recorded it. Wow. So, dude, then so, like. So
3: hold on, let me interrupt. So, I, everybody that's listening, I want you to realize how powerful that is because Dave did that. He set he set goals for himself, but goals that you're actually continually telling yourself so that you just don't let yourself off the hook. So somehow your mind and your body create.
0: I couldn't lie to myself. It manifests
3: it, right? It's positive affirmation. It is. I mean,
0: a lot of people think of positive affirmations as some like mystery voodoo. And I'm not a big believer in just saying, I'm a millionaire, but not doing anything to make it happen. Yeah,
3: that doesn't mean shit. It doesn't
0: work. So people (laughs) have to understand the difference. Like, if you're going to do this, if you don't do it, you're lying to yourself. Like, I I told myself for every single day for, like, multiple years that this stuff was happening. And so I couldn't live with a lie. I couldn't live with the fact that, well... I promised myself this was going to happen and, I, and now I'm not doing it. I literally did multiple times in my life where I've either been frustrated, disappointed, down, wanted to quit, whatever it is. Subconsciously, these, these seeds have been planted. I didn't even have to go think about it. Yeah. It just instantly, boom, it's like, dude, no, you, this is who you are. And some things on here like, I want to own an a 8,000 square foot shop. Now we're in a 30,000 square foot building. Uh, I want to race vehicles one day. Yeah, but
3: the, the helicopter thing's pretty, pretty gnarly because I'm sure at that stage in your life, Dude, that one wanna- <laughs> seems so
0: out, out there. I didn't own a house. We had we owed way too much money on our cars. Like I had all kinds of debt. I come from nothing. I come from no money at all. My dad died in 07 and left me with um like nothing, no life insurance. I basically kind of was left with my mom to take care of, and she's a hardworking lady and she, you know, she takes care of herself. But I was kind of left with nothing. Um and just kind of had to figure it out. And this is why Kenny and I are so close, because he was there when my dad died. Um And watched as he he didn't get anything from his dad or his parents either. And we just had to go out and figure out how to like round up life. And we, we knew we couldn't work for somebody. So we had to go figure out how to start a business. How do you start a business when you're 21 years old and you have no money? What do you do? Especially during the recession. You can't go get a small business loan. So we literally went out and like borrowed extra money on car loans and just got, got creative and yeah, figured whatever it out. You could, we whatever did whatever you we to had do. to do. That's what
2: you do. And, and for both of us, failure was not an option. Like it wasn't, we, we had already made up our mind. Like we we were already planning helicopter rides. We were already planning vacations. And, but we worked all the time. Uh, we shared offices at different times and Davey were there and, uh, but to see where this has gone, and to 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 listen, I'll bring some of mine that I've done over the years too, uh, because they're you know we're, we far outreached that right. Yep. But if we didn't set those at the time, I mean, at the time, how how far of a stretch was
0: this? Everything that I said on this, other than some of like the spiritual stuff and some of like the the mental stuff, was so far fetched because I had been told to make lofty goals, and so I'm like, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna really put down on paper what I want and it that's that's the that's the really ironic thing is i look back and my life is public now i'm a high profile person people know a lot about who i am what i do what i have you guys know that i don't i've got more than in like every aspect of my life i've got more than what i was hoping for and that's why you give so much that's why you give so much too yeah, I mean that where I've always just it's very simple to me. Where much is uh what is it, much is given, much is required. Yeah. So that's my motto. That's honestly what I live by. That's what everybody in the room lives by. Uh that's what we're taught at an early age, especially in our church. Um so what I want the listeners to do, since I'm already like I'm I'm like I'm a little vulnerable. I, I, I put it out there for everybody. For I want everybody else to do the exact same thing. Uh if you haven't put together a recording of yourself, telling yourself things, Greg, you're 50. I don't care. You got to go do this.
3: I think I'm going to, it's re um, it's, it's reignited me yeah. to do it again.
0: I, I yeah. basically, so when I, when I, I'll, I'll be honest, I'm guilty of not having updated this recording in two or three years and I haven't done it because I got busy, but it doesn't mean I haven't stopped doing my vision board and other goals. Oh. I just hadn't done it in this format, but I think this is probably the most powerful format because this is what I listened to when my life grew the fastest it's ever grown. And my, my, wealth and my income and my overall prosperity was directly related to this. So um, that's my homework for you guys. Make a list put it on your phone, type out whatever you want, make them lofty goals, make
1: them like they can't be unbelievable, but they should feel unbelievable. Can I dub mine to Pennywise instead of Enya? <laughs> no, it has to be Enya. <laughs> okay. I mean, is that one of the requirements? Enya it. It has to be Enya. Honestly, yeah, if you use heavy
0: D's playlist. It, it has to be something that you can not get sick of. So, and that's why I used Enya because I could listen to that song a million times and just, it still relaxes me or whatever. So, uh, You don't have to put music to it either. You can do it without music. It's it's really weird without music. I'm just warning you right now. Like just just hearing yourself talk, it's kind of a bizarre feeling. That's why I had to put music to it. Um, But make a list. I don't care if it's five things, 10 things. If you have 100 things, put it on your list, record it, make yourself your little track and listen to it
1: like often. Dude, I would have never guessed. I mean, I know you really well. I would have never guessed that would have ever been on your phone dude. and something you would have ever done. Yep. So that's, I mean, it's pr- pretty dang cool. Yeah, you know what really I mean? Cool. That's what, that's what I love about this
0: podcast is it gives us an opportunity to blow people's minds because everybody's expecting trucks. Everybody's expecting like diesel brothers podcast. We're going to talk about Chevy Dodge in. Ford. That's the way in people like that. That was our way in to get to mainstream media. But the purpose of this podcast is life. I've had like people from all walks of life, like from, you know, mommy bloggers to old people to like, you name it, contact us after we've launched this and like, that's an amazing podcast. Like you guys are onto something. You're sharing information that is like valuable. And that's the goal. That's what we want to do. That's why we have guys like you, Greg on the show, because you have lived a phenomenal, spectacular life. You've accomplished so much, but you're a regular guy. You've had your shares of ups and downs. You still have your shares of ups and downs. Life, life has kicked your ass more times than you know what to do with. But every time you keep getting back up and I, I like to me, Greg Godfrey's just getting started. Like, think about Thanks. that like that's i really feel like that's that's true because you've created so much look what you've created in the last 20 years 30 years not really knowing what you were doing now <laughs> look now look at what you've known and, and what you've learned and moving forward like i just feel like even me looking back at my little list here of things that i wrote down and that i told myself knowing what i know now i could accomplish all that stuff in 3 or 4 days
3: yeah, but it it's everybody that's listening needs to understand how far-fetched that was for
0: you. Oh, that's yeah. what
3: I think that they're yeah. not getting cuz yeah. they see you where you are. Right. And then they're not I wanted six
0: thousand, a lofty goal. A lofty crazy <laughs> goal for me was $6,500 a month.
3: I think most of the people that are listening, I know,
1: are,
0: are you know. And
1: there was never no, there was never a safety net. People, people talk to me all the time because they know we're friends, and they'll say, "Oh man, Dave Sparks, man, he just must have had it yep. like so good. Like he must have just had so many opportunities." I'm like, you know, Dave paid for his own first vehicle, you know, the Blazer. You know what I mean? I tell them, there was never a safety Bro, net where if you failed, do you want to? Know? You would never. There's nothing there that was catching. You want to know how much money own. I've
0: gotten from my parents in my life? Probably negative. $100,000, <laughs> including yeah. all the money I've given to keep my family and my mom and you know, stuff uh, you afloat me, over the years.
3: told me that the other day. Huh. Randy Hales.
0: Oh, really? You know Randy? Mm-hmm. Dude, talk about somebody I want to have on the pond. Yeah, I didn't know you knew Randy. Mm-hmm. Dude, Randy made a bigger impact in my life in the shortest period of time than most people I can remember. He was a Sunday school teacher. Yeah. That's all he was. But I'm pretty sure Randy, in fact, I'm, I'm well, 99% sure my family didn't have any money. Uh, they were sending missionaries out on missions. Randy secretly came in and paid for at least I know for sure my sister Alicia's mission, possibly multiple missions in the family. We didn't know, no, like he didn't tell anybody. He just gave the, the money to the church. He didn't
3: say it to me either. He he, he paid for him. our family
0: like like I'm talking ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars. Randy is a stud, and he he watched it. He watched it like a, my family went through. We didn't looking back. We, times weren't hard. Times weren't bad. It was just life. Like, we were just going. Just what you knew. I, yeah. I just
1: think that people sometimes see you on television and they get this idea of who you are. Oh. And I think this podcast is great because both you and, and Dave Kiley, Diesel Dave, I, I always, people, they're like, who's, D, who's Dave Kiley? Winky. Anyway, both of you guys here. <laughs> <Yeah>. You know?
2: <laughs> I haven't heard that. They
1: have, these, they have this idea of what you guys or how you got to where you are. And it's just so enlightening to be on this podcast and for people to hear, you're just normal dudes. Right. You're normal guys that had their, your idea of what success is and you went after it. You know what I mean? Yeah,
3: you, you know, I got I to interrupt there, though, because I want I, I, something that I point out that the, this is the reason that you find success is it's, it's, it's impossible to do it by yourself. It really is. You've got a to have group of dudes. you got to have a group of dudes. No, like, be careful with the group of dudes.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Dude, be careful yeah. which, which group yeah, of dudes. Words.
3: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it but it is so important. That was one thing with nitro too. Is it was it was you know we kind of locked our arms, our hand or what do you how do you say that arm Lock, and arm? Yeah, not, arm and arm. Yep. Not in a, not in that kind of way. But,
0: <laughs> not but hand to hand. We arm and arm
3: to go up just to go up the hill and it was like I I tried for a lot of years to do it on my to do things on my own and it was impossible. My my poor wife was just like, I don't know how to do this. Right. And then when it, when Travis and I got together, it was like, I see you two. And I didn't know you were a part of this equation too. But as I see this, you're really good at attracting people to catch on to your right. vision and, and to play. You,
0: you know, know who I learned that from? Yeah. Rich, Rich Well, Could that be a
1: checklist <laughs> item? Rich,
3: Rich doesn't really like to work. So. A- attract people. Rich, <laughs> other people do the work you're for him. Right. <laughs> That's the thing. Help
1: you achieve your goals. Yeah. Yeah. Find a person to take up with you or to like link arms with. You know what I mean? Yeah yeah they, I think that's they a huge will one.
2: come absolutely, man. as you're attracting it in your life, you know you're you're setting the goals like he mm-hmm. had on his phone. those people come out of the woodwork, and I actually was talking to my mentor the other yeah, you day you've got to
3: be careful of who you align yourself with there's no question, it, it,
2: especially absolutely. In Utah. yeah, I mean you've got to have discernment, but I actually <laughs> especially in Utah, uh, Utah I, was ta- I was talking to somebody <laughs> specifically uh, below the point of the
1: mountain. Uh, <laughs> Come on, I'm the only guy that lives down there. Well, that's, yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Um, anyway, I was, ta- I was talking Provo? to somebody. Uh, I'm from uh, Highland.
3: Oh,
2: okay.
1: I don't really okay. consider that Utah County. Yeah, no, no, you're not in you. Utah, Utah County. It is Utah County, but I don't consider Utah County. Wow. You
3: know. well.
1: <laughs> no offense to all you Provo We're people gonna out there. We're going to
3: bum a lot of people out there. No,
1: we love Utah <laughs> County. <laughs> I love <laughs> this part Student may, or may not get cut complex. Yeah, I'm not editing this out at all. <laughs> Sorry, what uh, what we're your
2: point. Oh yeah. So, so I was saying that, um, I was actually talking to someone I admire and respect recently. And I said to him that when, uh, when the time was right, um, I finally started listening to him, right? Like when I was humbled enough or I was hungry enough or however you want to put it, I was passionate enough. Right. And, and he kind of, uh, stopped me and he said, Well, that's funny because I always tell people that the teacher is always there. Um, It just takes the student being ready, right? Because people will say, you know, if the the student's ready, the teacher will appear. But in my life, I found more often than not, there's people there ready, willing, and able to help. Uh, It's just you have to be in the right place. You have to have your mind in the right place. You have to, you know, desire those things and really truly want them. And you'd be surprised how many people are maybe in your influence or what do they say? You're you're always one person away or seven people away from knowing somebody famous. Right? Oh, yeah. What Kevin is that? Bacon. Kevin Bacon. Yeah. Kevin Isn't Bacon? It, uh, seven. It's Kevin
3: Bacon. It's the Kevin Bacon <laughs> theory. It is true. Yeah, What's probably. Called, it's, it's, it's... But anyway,
2: these people will come to you.
0: You got to have faith, though. Yeah. Like... So <laughs> here's the deal. Greg, I know that you have a couple things that you want to share. The last thing I wanted to say about Greg is this. Um, you've made an impact on my life in, in multiple different ways. Maybe you knew it, maybe you didn't. Greg doesn't, you don't really comment on my social media. I don't know how much you comment. You, you post your stuff and you move along, but the one comment, the one guy, I know you watch everything, which is <laughs> where I'm going with this. The one comment that you've made on my stuff, literally all year, all I can think is a post that I made back on July 9th. And it was a picture of the bro Dozer. And it was just after I had gotten done with my run in, in Nashville. I was super pumped, loving it. Cloud nine. And I, my caption was a picture of the bro Dozer, And it said, all I want to do lately is climb back into the bro Dozer and compete in more monster jam shows. And you like almost immediately commented, like all you said, stay focused, stay focused. And, and you, did. you haven't said anything. You haven't done anything else. You haven't like, I rarely see you engaging too much on social media. Those are words of wisdom, but why then? Why that? Why there's, there's, you, you didn't just say that for a yeah, generic you under- statement. You understood what I was saying. hundred percent. Exactly. Why? Because you know that I have watched, you guys like you, other people in the industry. Um, and I've learned from you guys, I've learned from your successes and I've learned from your failures and you know, that there's a bigger picture. There's, there's a lot more to be like, there's what's the best way to put this. I thought about this a lot when I was thinking about sharing this comment there, there's, there's, I'm going to accomplish a lot more. And don't get sidetracked, not just by even just the brodozer, because that's, that's, that's. Well, they're fun. It's, it's, they're fun. Brodozer's fun. And, and it's not really the brodozer that you're talking about. You're talking about distractions in life that could potentially get me off course. And it really didn't have anything to do with the brodozer, had everything to do with staying on course,
3: right? That's, it's, it's when you're sitting in a stadium full of, I would imagine that race you had.
0: It sold out late, 40, the um 45,000, yeah,
3: maybe more than that. 60, it, it was probably 40,000, 50,000. And you guys are really popular on television right now, and you're you, it's so easy. I, I think Pastrana was amazing at this. Uh, the reason for Travis is so, so liked by people and he's so amazingly successful is he has an uncanny ability to stay focused in the, in the most precarious, tough situations, right. He, he loses focus faster than anybody I've ever met, but he regains it quicker than anybody I've ever met. That's what I said about fail, failing fast. Right. So staying focused is yes, yeah, the gospel. It's your family. It's these things are great. It's fun. It's fun to be in front of us. That, but you're making money. Right. just it's so easy to lose focus right. on all these things that, and then the next thing you know, it's all gone. And I think what's been fortunate about with me, with motorcycles, is you're unconscious when you lose focus. So that's helped me really stay focused. <laughs> yeah. Where you guys, you guys, it's a little tougher, you know, because I mean that literally and figuratively.
0: It's a different type of focus. Like yeah. when you get lost in the limelight, you don't, you don't think that anything bad could happen. When everything's good and you're, you're kicking ass and you're winning shows, it, to you, you're on top of the world. But really- you're potentially going down a rabbit hole, which is going to take you off of off course big time. No, no, but
3: no there's no potential about it. it. There's, it's, it's going to, and it's, it's, it's really, really difficult. And you're going to lose focus, and you're going to fail, and you're going to make bad decisions. Yep. Just make sure it's not catastrophic that you, yeah, that that to my to my point is like you you asked me to make a point, and if there was anything I could, it's interesting you say that. If there's anything I could say. The, 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 mo- the most successful people I've ever met in my life are the people that can focus and stay focused. That's been something that's thrown me off a little bit. And honestly, it really was concussions. Like I, my, my head was jacked pretty hard from, you know, I'd had, I'd, been, I'd had over 30 concussions and knocked out, you know, 10 times that I can remember unconsciously. My wife saw me one time crash up a powder mountain, thought I was dead. And then
0: oh, the Powder Mountain mix. Mm-hmm. Oh, I remember that. You overshot or you bucked the landing I, or something. I undershot. It. Oh, I yeah. Under, I, I and you bucked it right, it, right? Yeah, yeah. So
3: I went twenty feet up and then I think thirty-five
0: I, feet down. And lifelight came and got you. Everything, right? Yeah. I was in right case there. The landing, Someone did actually pass short? away at, at yeah, that they series did. on they? that same jump. I, I was not there, but yeah. I just heard a lot. Somebody about overshot of that. that jump, I think. Well,
3: two people passed away in that race. Sorry, and then um,
0: two bags. It was the coolest race ever.
3: Yeah, but it was, you know, but that was. I, I was on life flight and then they took me to the U and they were going to cut me open. Cause I had internal bleeding. And when I was on life flight, the, the life flight nurse grabbed me and she said, you've got a 50, 50 chance you're going to make it. Cause I was bleeding out. My, my blood pressure was dropping so hard. They couldn't do anything, you know, when you're bleeding off your femoral artery. So I think the thing is like racing. I was okay at it, but it wasn't my, I mean, I, I got lucky in Baja. I got lucky in a couple other things, but it, it was like the thing that I'm really good at is being a filmmaker, and right. I, I believe a father. Yeah. Husband, I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to work on that one. <laughs> That's when, all of us. Yeah, but uh, there's, there's, these, there's these elements of you guys are doing such a good job, and, and if you, everybody, from Randy Hales to Larry Miller to um, Todd Petterson, you know, um, I'm just trying to think of other people I know, David Wonderly, Mike Pratt, it's focus. It's prioritizing making the right things right and the right things become the more you guys, I, I love how open you are right on this. I, I think at one time I grabbed you when you came down and gave me a generous donation after the Polaris gig. <laughs> I grabbed my wife and the first thing I said to you, said about you yeah. was he's in the young man's presidency. Was nothing to do about anything else but that. Right. And so it's like, whatever, the rest of it comes and goes, you know. And you hear that but it's like even with Ethan, you know, he stays pretty focused. He gets a little <laughs> he gets a little off, but and it's not it's not all just that. It's 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 just stay aware of, of i that's something I've kind of lost yeah. in a little bit, you know. I've I've it wasn't even fame or anything like that. It was right. just it, it's been um,
0: but it's, the problem is Greg, when was the last time you don't have to answer this but when was the last time you set a new set of goals?
3: Yeah. That's, that's, the, Jeff Hemming told me that. He goes, he goes, success is your, is your biggest killer.
0: It is. That's the worst part. I caught myself, dude. I caught myself this maybe a year, a little over a year ago. We had achieved a lot of success, made a bunch of money, and I started feeling burnout. Luckily, I caught on to it early and I felt like, okay, crap, something's not right. I'm not enjoying, like, I used to, I literally used to count down the hours from when Sunday night would be over and Monday would come and I could go to work. Yeah. And then that started changing and I'm like, shoot, 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 what's happening? Like, am I not liking what I'm doing anymore? Um, and over the last year, that's kind of been my my journey that I've been on is to make sure that I never feel that again. And I'll tell you one thing, um, Ed, my left. Was it setting goals? It's that, and it's it's a combination of making sure that you're you're moving towards a bigger picture, but... At the same time, and I think the most important thing, and I think that you're probably really good at this side of it, is enjoying the ride. So Ed Milet, I look up to the guy a lot. Yeah, the problem is (laughs) you got to have that balance, right? So your short-term focus was phenomenal. You focused on the next ride, the next trip, you know, whatever you're going to do. Your long-term focus may have become a little bit blurred. And so that's one thing that Ed Milet, um, he's a podcaster. He's a kind of a, a personal development guy. Amazing, amazing, just speaker. Like when you hear the guy talk, you're like, you just stop what you're doing and I have bad ADD but I literally stop what I'm doing and he catches my attention. Guys like him, Andy Frazella, uh, but Ed came out with a podcast that basically completely perfectly described everything that I've been working on over the last year and put it into words that I didn't even know existed. And he calls it blissful disf- uh, dissatisfaction. And basically what it means is um stay focused on whatever it is on on you know the end of the road or whatever your big goal is, but enjoy the little wins that you have along the way. So that's how you avoid burnout. Um, It's okay to be happy with what you have right now. It is 100% okay to just perfectly like enjoy life, enjoy whatever your income level is, whatever you're doing right now, enjoy it. Live in the moment. You've earned this. And if it's not exactly what you want it to be, that's what you want. You don't want to be fully satisfied. That's why it's called blissful dissatisfaction. You enjoy the fact that you're not there yet?
3: I like that word.
0: Dude, I'm telling you, I'm going to I'm going to send you a link to this podcast. It's 30 minutes. It is the most impactful thing I've ever listened to in my entire life because it basically says that if you don't enjoy each little point along the way, you're going to get to your destination, but you're going to get there without yourself. You're not going to you're going to forget to bring yourself along the way because you'll have burnt out long ago and you're just now kind of a robot working towards whatever goal it is that you had and he talks about friends of his that have big jets and, you know, million billionaire lifestyles and they're not really enjoying it because they forgot to enjoy it along the way, and they're I
3: had a lot of friends that got big
0: checks and billion-dollar lifestyles, and they really enjoyed. it. It's possible, though, but he's, there's, there's, there's two different – <laughs> that's the best part about it is you can enjoy that. There's nothing wrong with having a billion, million dollars and having nice things as long as you learn how to enjoy it along the way. And so for me, uh, that's like the perfect definition of focus is like right now – I so gratitude is a big part of this. When I wake up in the morning and brush my teeth, I learned this from Andy Frazella. I think literally like have to brainstorm about all the things that I'm grateful for. And at first when I start doing this, I'm like, man, I got a lot of stuff. Like, what do I start? I started with my truck. I'm like, I got a freaking sweet truck sitting in the driveway and I get it I get to go jump in it and drive it to work and it's not gonna break down on me. And I start thinking about like, I got freaking awesome kids, I got a beautiful wife, I got as many cowboy boots as I want to wear. Like I start thinking about the small little things, dude, take the time to think about the small stuff and like realize what you have. And then all of a sudden what you're doing is creating this positive energy. This positive energy starts to radiate and starts to mm. attract the bigger things that you want. So, cause when you said focus to me, that's frustrating when people say stay focused, unless you can actually see the big picture because it's like, what do you mean? What I am focused? Like what is focus? Well, focus is it's, it's two, two parts.
3: There's a lot of parts
0: It's yeah. short and it's long term And if you don't have Those two key elements Then you're going to get lost
3: So let me, let me let, Since we're having A discussion here I like this
0: Fun huh That's yeah, the, this yeah, is the beauty is. Of a podcast man
3: that, this is the, So you're saying that, that it's gratitude right I think one of the things That I have stumbled into That I believe Really l- leads To long term happiness And to long term satisfaction And long term success And all that Is freaking forgiveness Oh yeah because you get so caught up in little things that went wrong, you know, whether it was people or situations or whatever. And if you can't forgive, you you know, you think back about like when you used to do at least for me, it's like when I, I thought football was or like I was I wrestled in high school and college and stuff and, and I learned so much from having to forgive and forget fast. Because or even race riding. Because you get caught in situations and you're all of a sudden down you know like you're you're way down and if you can if you just get bogged down and beat yourself up you're done right but it's such a quick learner you know it's like okay well, okay I got to stay focused take you know you do all these things and then you fight your way back and then all of a sudden you might get a break and things happen and then you you either come out on top because you've learned how to fight back through that and not get lose you know for, forget forgive forgive forget so on and so forth right but um, as, you, as you get into your life, it's such a long, drawn out thing, right? And you've got to, it's not fast. It mm. takes so much. It's years and years and years. And then if you let something build up, something happens to you. Like you guys, trust me, in your situation, you're a target. And oh, yeah. so now you're going to get, you're going to, you, you can take it right now because you got each other, you're strong. But if, when things start fragmenting, and it will to a degree, it just happens, mm-hmm. it's natural. And you, you find that, uh, People take shots at you. You never thought. And I'm not, I'm not by any means like trying to pick a bone. That's not my kit. And that's not my deal. You've just. This got, applies to everybody. Yeah, you got to forgive because yep. then it doesn't affect you, and you're able to operate and get up and enjoy those things and find gratitude. There's there was, uh, and, and again, I I, th- I found this. My daughter sen- sends me these talks all the time, and she sent me one on forgiveness that President Nelson set up. Yeah. Or you know what does he say? Four principles for Christmas that we should remember mm-hmm. do you guys know what I'm talking about and I just remember the first part of it was forgiveness and he just talks about how you take your adversaries power away immediately you take away you know any kind of animosity or hatred that you start to build within yourself and when, you, when you forgive
2: accepting and loving yeah, yeah. it's yeah.
3: like so power it's, I've found that this part of my you got any life tips for
1: that because that's tough accepting loving, no and no I would say the forgiving part you know i there's, there's, if someone to, screws you... To me, there's a couple know? different
0: ways to do it. Uh, we just spoke with Rich about um, love yeah, yeah. and apathy. For me, honestly, the best way to forgive is to forget, which is becoming apathetic to a situation. Meaning, if somebody's done me wrong, I don't want to harbor... Like, if they've done me really, really, really wrong, I don't want to take that energy that I have, which is limited. It's like I said, the, our daily yeah. life is like a, like a phone battery. We start at 100%. If you have negative... if you're, If you're mad at somebody... Believe it or not, you are running down your battery faster than anything else. So you, people, people don't realize that, though. People don't realize that as they're mad and as they're thinking about how they got done wrong and how they should have been done right. Really good. Dude, I'm telling you, it is like people, it happens subconsciously, but it happens on such a high frequency and such a high wavelength that it happens without you knowing it, but it exhausts you. So I'm telling you, if you have a hard time, like, man, like forgiving somebody... Just forget about it. Is that the same thing, though? Yeah. Is that would that be forgiving?
2: Ah, uh, it's a step in the right direction.
0: I think it is because <laughs> I, I'm able. I'm able to forget about. I'm not necessarily talking about forgetting about the person in general. I forget about what they did to me, and to me, that's forgiveness. If because, you see
1: that person again, I mean, like if you if you're in that situation and, and you forget it, say you run into that person in the store, do the bad feelings come back, or no. have you completely forgotten? To, to
0: me, this to me this is something that's been very powerful. I've been able to do this, like. I'm able to just kind of close that chapter, pull it out of the book and burn it and just be okay and move on. And so to me, that's the way I do it. There's a million ways to do it. A lot of people have to work through it and talk through it. I'm not much of a, I'm not much of a talker when it comes to that kind think, of stuff.
3: I think this is the, the it changes. I think situations are, are, they change. I think that's true in some sic- scenarios, but as, as you, as the stakes get higher, mm-hmm. That that becomes a a much bitter bigger bitter sw- pill to swallow, right. but you can do it. I think, yeah. The the forgiveness part of it it just depends. Like if somebody cuts you off in traffic, that's pretty easy, right? If somebody burns you a little bit in business, that's pretty easy. But when there's other things at stake that you've worked for 15 years for, that that becomes a little bit more of a of it. And, and I'm not referring to anything in in. Well, I might be, but, <laughs> right. but it's like you, you, uh, you find ways to, 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 it's such a calming, It's getting easier parent.
1: as I get older, It is. but when I was younger, man, I would go to war and I would, I'd be the first one to be on the, on the front lines. If you did me wrong, what, you know what, what I mean? What changed? How were you I, able to? I don't know. I, I don't know if it was having kids or what it was, but as hey, I'm getting older, something? I feel, I feel like I'm mellowing out, you know? But it's still not the easiest. Well, we've, we've all <clears throat> been stabbed in the back and then wanted to go burn someone's house down, right? But at
2: the
0: end of the day, you, I think you learn as you grow. Uh. All of us sitting around the table right now um, were religious people. And some people listening may be religious, some might not be. But I feel like there's a lot of wisdom in the Bible. The Bible obviously teaches you to love your neighbor and, and it teaches you good things for the most part. Um, in Hebrews 8.12, it says... Uh, this is the Lord speaking, for I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their in- uh, and their iniquities will I remember no more. So the Lord talks about forgetting. That's a big part of it. It's literally, because if you're, if, and, and I'm not saying that you just have to like pretend like nothing ever happened, but you have to be okay with what happened and just forget that it happened and just not, not give it any energy or focus. So honestly, man, to me, the best way to do this is really just pretend like it never happened because that's the only way you're going to be able to get to that person and say, I'm good moving forward with you. Like you don't have to forget about the person. You don't have to be apathetic towards the person, be apathetic towards what they did to you or whatever the situation was. And that is the best way to move on. And you'll, you know, you'll, you'll think, you know, once bitten, twice shy, right? As you move forward, you're going to like be a little bit cautious and make sure that you don't put yourself in that same situation again. Um, maybe with that, that same person. But I think the biggest, the first step to it to get like, if your brain works like me, is you just gotta simplify it and and and, and just not remember it. It's gonna be my checklist
1: item. I'm gonna put that <laughs> in my book. Is don't give it I, don't couple, give it the time
0: and energy that yeah, it, that, you, it, that it wants. Just it, real
1: life situations that are happening right now. You yeah. know, you think about things, and that's probably something I need to work on.
3: Well, and you know, the, the other beautiful thing of it is is truly. Oh, sorry. The other beautiful thing about that is just truly like loving them, forgiving them, moving on. That's the other thing. Like you can say, for me, I can't just push it aside. I have to physically go through that process of saying... And, and trust, I want people to forgive me because I'm a jackass a lot of the time. So I'm, I'm usually the one that's... If, if there's something stupid that's happened, typically I'm I'm continually the, center, the, the one common denominator in the equation, so it's me that's got to... How can I repair? And if I want people to look at me and not judge me or accept me as, as I move forward, then I've got to grant them the same thing. And so that helps me to be a better...
1: That's a great way to look I at
3: not, it. not to be so that, you know, I'm better and that I can, you need to accept me, but I don't need to accept you. It h- gives me a little more compassion towards it. So,
0: so I, I think the best thing to do, I, cause I want to write this down as homework, but I hate generic advice because it's just too broad. Uh, I, wanna, I want people to be able to apply it. That's the whole purpose of this, of this podcast. So what I want you to do is the, this is going to be the third item on the, on the list of homework is, Go through whatever you're going through right now. Think about whatever you may be upset or mad about or um, whatever, whoever's done you wrong and figure out a way to dump it. Like maybe just start with one thing at a time. One thing that you're upset or frustrated about and just work through it. Everyone's going to work through things differently. Everyone's going to handle it differently. But I think what most of us do is we just avoid it and we just allow it to continue to fester. That doesn't work. It doesn't work. So confront whatever it is that is burning right now and deal with it, pull the sliver, and then all of a sudden it doesn't hurt anymore.
3: Yeah. And and sometimes that takes a little time.
0: It does, for sure. It's not going to be immediate. But
3: but I'll tell you, the the, the more empowering thing is what you just said. If you, The faster you can forgive and, and use your, what did you call it? Your po- positive affirmations? Your battery. Yeah. No, your positive affirmations. And you start applying that to however. I, I, I'm curious, um, you know, when you guys are talking about different goals and so forth, when I was I, I, I was fortunate enough I ran into this guy by the name of Matt Williams when I was twenty four years old. And I was he created Home Improvement, The Cosby Show, and he created um, he was working on a show that he was developing called Thunder Alley, and it had Haley Joe Osmond in it. Do you guys remember who that is? Mm-hmm. He was a big actor. Yeah, and he sat me aside, and this guy was one of the most successful. Powerful, wealthy dudes in Hollywood, and he said, "Haley Jossman was was he the little boy on Jurassic Park? No, he was in the one where he saw dead people. Oh yeah, yeah, Six Sense. Yep, that's yeah, one. Yep. So he was just a he was an up and coming star. But this guy was miraculous. Everything he did, he put his finger on worked. And he goes, go write a list.' And it was to your point. Of everything you want in life. And he goes, then you're going to find out that a lot of those things don't mean anything. And you're going to narrow it down to things that really matter. Like you're going to, all of a sudden, your wife's going to become more important than a helicopter. I'm not saying anything against your helicopter, but the helicopter, trophy (laughs) trucks, all these things. And you you start to, and your kids and what you want to teach them. Then you start taking those things and those ingredients and you put them into. All right. What's the most important? How? Why does this matter? What am I trying to learn myself? What am I trying to teach? If forgiveness is part of that list, you're going to find your brain is going to do exactly what you just said. Once you start telling yourself that, it's going to find solutions to it. Yep. If we don't care enough and don't put it into our our core belief systems, it's not going to matter, right? So you got to everything we've talked about. Just apply it right into these different things and.
0: But find yeah, find direct ways to apply it. Find a way to. Here's here's an example. If you're listening to this, text the person you're mad at. Work it out.
3: Tell them to f off.
0: <laughs> tell them to stop <laughs> telling them to f off, and figure out and say whatever you want to say. But to deal with it. Yeah. We need to talk. We need to do whatever it is. But if you're mad at somebody and it's something that can be texted or you know started via text, do it. That's a very simple way to start this conversation. Um, I'm probably more guilty of this than than. You know most people uh i have a tendency to and this is not me trying to toot my own horn or anything i just learned at an early age that man i have limited energy in a day uh-huh. and whatever i spend it on is going to burn really quick and being mad just is the worst i feel it i can literally feel myself mad and i feel myself festering and when i'm negative about something i can't do anything positive you can't be on both sides of the fence at the same time uh-huh. if you're pissed you can't a, be doing a double, anything productive. A
3: double-minded man is unstable in all his ways, right? Dude,
0: exactly. I've, so, I've seen him mad. He's like a bull in ch- a china <gasps> But Dave Dave is around me probably more than anybody. He's seen me get burned more than most people at the table. Do I stay mad or do I just... I actually want to know what you, What do I do when I'm mad at somebody, at a situation?
3: Yeah, way yeah. to not lead in the conversation.
4: Yeah. Just uh, <laughs> yeah, nice. When you're mad at somebody, you don't... Usually, talk to them. You don't face situations, you don't talk about it, you don't talk to anybody else about it. You just, everybody kind of knows that you're upset. You disappear for a while, and then you come back and it's over.
0: What did I do the other night uh, with one of our friends I was mad at? Which, which one? I was mad, and we went, <laughs> we went to an event and we saw each other. Could, could you give me some more information. <laughs> I, 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 I was mad at a friend, and we hadn't really resolved the problem. Um, or hadn't really talked about it, but I just wanted to be done with it so bad that I walked up to the dude and just gave him a big hug. And, and oh just, yeah, I, 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 like the fact that I hugged him at the time that I hugged him was almost like Are you coming to punch me. Like it was we were still that tense with each other, but I was just done with it, man. Yeah. I just I felt like I literally felt my battery recharge as I gave the dude a hug and just I, moved on. I, agree. I
4: feel like you don't waste your time being mad. I can't. You've that's something yeah. you've learned. You you figure out what's making you mad, and you either eliminate that or you try and resolve it I, I guess I'm
0: fortunate enough to be able to have that be something that bears on me so damn hard and so heavy mm-hmm. that I can't stand it. I got to get it off of me and so I'm able to get through it more quickly. Other people, you know, it's a little bit more subtle and things are deeper.
3: Well, I, I agree. I agree. Uh, but there's going to come situations <laughs> right. in your life that it just, that works.
0: But you yeah, I know. I but, know what you're saying. No,
3: well, I'm just saying and, and I know we're out of time but I'm going to just briefly go into a situation I got into with Um, Nitro Circus, it it became really popular for our 15 minutes of fame, and everybody got a little sideways with one another. It got to a point where it was threatening each other's livelihoods, Um, right, wrong, or indifferent, but you couldn't just forgive. You had to work through some pretty heavy situations, and it it took years to work through it. And if you just kind of trust the process, it seems like to me, and if you do what you're doing and not stay mad and can, and can find ways to to find peace, right. however
0: you do that. You have to coexist with the problem.
3: You do. But the, sometimes it just is, it really is intense. Yeah. It really weighs, you can't just, I used to do that too, because I was always in charge and I used to always be able to just manage it myself. And then when it got to a point where I wasn't in charge anymore. Yeah. It was, it was such a different experience and, and it really, it took me to a new place in life. I was right. stoked on it. But it, it was years. You know what I mean? About like you talk about doing the, what you're saying, recharging your battery, setting goals. And, and
0: but let's be honest, Greg. You could have done it quicker had you had, had you, had you tried.
3: I felt like I tried, but, but it wasn't to the point of what it needed to be right, done.
0: Yeah. Uh, we're all guilty of it.
3: Yeah, I think that was that was the the case. Is it was like, you know, I could
0: dude. You don't build a massive entertainment empire that is, you know, world renowned for the crazy shit that you guys do, and on the other hand, not be able to work through conflict and not be able to like handle creative no, no problems no and stuff like that. So it just got
3: it got unmanageable, right. and it, we had it was a new level of of understanding. And yep. we but the thing is, is we didn't quit we worked through it and we found ways and solutions to get through it
0: so and honestly you're kind of on like the the, the tail end of resolving yeah, most of that stuff yeah
3: absolutely it's, it's been interesting it's like it's just taking care of itself right. in some ways but it's been conflict's been a big part of it and 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 trying to grow through this whole process and like watching Nitro evolve right is, 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 is this living entity of what it's become and other people have grabbed a hold of it and made it into something even greater and and uh, but as you go forward, I appreciate what you said about, like, I I'm, not that it's a, about me, but what you say is, you know, you're just at the pre- precipice of, of creating the best things you've ever created in your life. If I'm willing to do what you just said, if I'm willing to go in and create, like, I've got a lot of opportunities this next year. This is pretty, seren- again, I hate to say that word, uh, my right. my sexy, sophisticated word of yeah. serendipitous, but yeah. <laughs> it little it is a little bit that you guys would call me up and ask me to be here right now because... Um, as Ethan knows, you know, I've gone through this metamorphic grand for me from where, where I was and what I didn't want to deal with ever in right. life to where I am now and having to deal with it and change and, and uh, you know, to another level of, of like compassion, understanding, forgiveness, focus.
0: Dude, you're just like – simplify it. You're just barely like – Finally getting out of that silt bed.
3: Yeah, like, yeah. like that's for, a very good you
0: way you to put it, my right? Terms, yeah. Like for for, for somebody who but understands off going. road, right? Yeah, but you're just you're getting out of that silt bed and getting ready to get on hard pack and, and start I, I, rolling. I, I, I. Yeah, just wide open. So that's cool, dude. I mean, I caught you at the tail end of of whatever issues that you had with um, business and stuff like that, and I saw that you. I had heard what you'd gone through, and obviously seven sides of every story whatever it sure. is but um the way that you handle it when i when i talked to you about it was you weren't looking to bring anybody down you weren't looking to talk about it you weren't looking to like dig into it where maybe a year or two before there was probably a little bit more like i'm frustration. kind of I'm kind of fiery yeah you are fire and you speak your mind but and, and so to hear you talk about it more like softly made me think like all right well i think he's I think he's figuring his shit out. Like he's well, he's, he's okay with it. I,
3: hopefully I am.
0: Yeah, no, dude. I, I mean, the, here's and there's
3: the, been many a times yeah. like okay, with you guys, I've had I've had to really eat some humble pie and say, "Look, I need you guys' help." Yeah. You know, and do you, does that that's not offensive, is it? Hell no. Sometimes I don't even know if I'm I, saying things offensive. Hell no, offensive. dude. But I I have. It's like in this we're, we're
0: we're 20 years younger than you and we learned pretty much from you, most of our business models yeah. from you, and so no, dude, that's not offensive. That's
3: I need you guys. I really needed, it. like I told you, I, with the Polaris thing, I called you guys <laughs> right? and yeah. I needed some assistance, and I needed some assistance on figuring out how you guys were modeling your business and doing such a good job. And you're like, come on in. You just open your doors, yeah. and you're like, whatever we can do. It's the law
0: of reciprocity. Yeah.
3: man. well, you do a good. You're really good about it, and and I hopefully as going forward in this. We just find ways to work together and do things, great things. And it's next time you're jumping.
4: All right, the bus. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, that would be rad. me and the bus flying sounds through like, the air. Sounds like you are doing one. We've got a jump coming up, and
0: Dave will be part of that. I don't know exactly. So he's actually starting to drive the trucks and and the monster jam trucks just as much as I am. And he's well, he beat me the last show.
3: Well, you guys, the, the fun thing for that with me is is Damn. nobody understands like how violent it is inside that truck. Dude. Yeah. Of what you're there's no doing. way to describe and it and you're just kind of just praying that the kind of the truck lands a certain way and you're trying to maneuver the throttle and, and it's like what you guys are doing it's I I think it's pretty awesome to watch because it's taking you're taking freestyle motocross and taking
4: putting it a 12,000 pound truck yeah you are
3: <laughs> with what is it 4,000 5,000 horsepower that thing's pushing the
0: nitro motors make about 15 I think nitro um, I thought
3: they were alcohol
0: it's methanol so it's, it's, it's basically alcohol
3: yeah so. so what it's creating and so you guys are right at the at the beginning of that and whatever that leads to I got something I I got came up down my way that I wanted to talk to you about too speaking Here's, of that the beauty, of this, podcast, the beauty <laughs> of this
0: podcast the beauty of this podcast is honestly um it's okay that we've gone long like we went longer than we expected but that's never a bad thing because sometimes you got to peel back the layers of the onion to get you know to get to where you want to be, I don't think that's a good analogy for this because we're peeling back layers of the onion and all you get is nothing. But <laughs> peel, peel, peel in the orange, right? You get to like you get to the sweet part. Um, and what we, this, <laughs> what we can do with this, what we can do with this podcast is we can cut it into two episodes, uh, we'll split right down the middle if we want to, or we can throw it up as one solid episode and then just if you know you can pick up where you left off. And, and I know Andy had a, a really good interview once with a guy named uh, Bedros Koulian, and it was such a good just like this, such a good chat that they couldn't stop talking, turned into a three or four hour show, split in two pieces and it worked out just great. So, um, Greg, basically you've given us like, you gave us a big one, man. I, and basically two spawned from it, which is, you know, stay focused. Uh, and I think for me, the best way to stay focused, what you could do tomorrow is, um, review and reset your goals. Okay, so that's, yeah I
3: need to I think everybody should
0: <laughs> I think I I had to when I wanted to get refocused um, if you know of another way to get refocused yourself personally you know the listeners do it because that you know how that applies to you as you're listening to this like you're like okay I get it like when you made that comment on my Instagram I knew what you were talking about it's hard for me to explain but I knew exactly what you were referring to and we hadn't talked in months um, so that's a big one uh, number three obviously is forgive um, and start with the smallest little things like I never want to leave here but by telling people just Go be a good person. Go do this. Go do that. No, no. I want you to like, I want to look at your phone and I want to go through it. And I want to say, solve this problem right here. Start with this. Because if you don't find a starting point, you'll never do it. You just won't. Or you'll wait too long and it'll wind up costing you way more time and energy than it's worth. You agree?
3: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And you guys have taught me more about forgiveness. And I, oops, sorry. get getting away from my mic again. You guys have taught me more than than I had to give tonight on forgiveness. And I think that's a good point to bring up is like, I think you guys are in a good place to where you're forgiving fast, getting through it. I'm not.
0: <laughs> Once you realize- I don't what, want
3: to be that bitter old pissed off guy right. sitting there <laughs> saying, you know. So so. you got too
0: much talent to, to oh, focus on thanks, that. Like yeah. focus on the creative stuff that you're good at. And I think everybody who's listening, you know how that applies to you. Like it's just in general, being upset and being mad, it's not going to do you any good. It's 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 That's a reaction to a problem. Reactions aren't meant to be permanent. They're meant to be like, if you bang your knee on something, ouch, you know, solve the problem, get away from it, fix it. It's not intended to just be pissed about it forever. So, um, that's not just to you, that's to everybody. So man, I hate to wrap this up because we've gotten to such a, such a solid, um, you know, base of like, we've learned a lot from you as far as how to build a brand and how to stay persistent and how to, um, I always say when you got a tiger by the tail, just hang on for dear life. Cause mm. you very much had that starting in whenever you started making the motorcycle films until nitro world tour your nitro be Games? a badass dad how yeah <laughs> how to be dude how did that like that you segment I mean? just kind of popped up in the middle of nowhere didn't you see it coming greg you're a phenomenal dude man you've you've like like i said you've taught us a lot about like the simple stuff like we can just see in the motorcycle films and learn from but like on a deeper level as far as being a family man stuff like that that's what we wanted to kind of dig out of you tonight I knew it was in there. I just didn't know how it all worked. And now the listeners are going to get that and millions of people are going to be able to listen to this. And and millions of dads are going to be able to apply what you did with your kids, whether you knew it intentionally or not. You like, you made a big change, like in the world, not just locally, not just with the guys here at the table, but like. In the world, that's a big deal. A lot of guys
1: are gonna send their kids down big wooden ramps next <laughs> week. <laughs> Be a lot of concussions. <laughs> I, I don't feel so bad as a father anymore, too, with all the injuries and jacks, you know. So thank he, you for is that. He,
3: is he still passionate?
1: Uh, today was his first day he was able to get back on his bike. It's been two and a half months oh, since surgery pumped. and he's was able, he able to dying joy ride. To get back on the bike? Oh, that's yeah, all that's he good. wanted to do. That's passionate. That's all he wanted to do. So,
0: so Greg, let's finish up by doing this. Um you're kind of like one of those like most interesting men in the world because every time I see you, you're somewhere new doing something cool. Give our listeners, and this is totally unrelated to anything we've talked about so far, um, do you have any food that our listeners should try that you've tried? Do you Or do you have anywhere that our listeners should go that they, they may have never been? Or do you have any music that they should listen to that they may not have ever heard?
3: Greta Van Zant music. I've been seeing that them?
0: everywhere. I haven't listened to it. What is it?
3: Well, I, Colton introduced me to him. Greta Van Zandt. It's Greta like... Zandt. it's the most inspiring, fun stuff I've listened to in a long time.
4: Greta Van Zandt. Like Trans-Siberian Orchestra yeah, stuff? It's a little better than that. You know what it
3: sounds like is Led Zeppelin. A little bit oh, of really? Zeppelin tied in with sticks, you know, my era more. So, I like that stuff. But it's new. And it's it's really good. And as far as like the most interesting place I've been in a while that I would suggest... Hmm. I'm such a Utah guy. Like, I got to break out of the Utah room. No, it's okay. No, no, uh, bring, there's a lot
0: of Utah listeners. Bring people to Utah. So I think you're the guy. I'm trying to figure out your secret hideaway, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> where, where should That's why go? he doesn't want um, to share. Yeah. I, know. <laughs> I,
3: I know. You guys, we we got into it. My, my son and I do this six-day adventure tour every year, and we just go wherever. We end up, it doesn't matter if it's Utah, Colorado, North Africa, wherever we're at. And this year, we ended up dropping into Moab. We went. Down to Four Corners, we did a whole thing down around the San Juan North in uh, the Indian on the Indian reservation down there. Awesome, beautiful,
0: killer. Yeah, and it's so undisturbed. We just flew the helicopters in there with uh, Ethan a few weeks yeah, ago.
3: Yeah, you guys, did you go all the way down to the reservation, or were you just oh, yeah. down to Powell?
0: No, we went to Powell and then we went to Navajo Mountain. Dude, Navajo Mountain by Powell. You need to go hike that or we got to go fly that because there are like ruins that are completely untouched.
3: Well, there's, it's all over down there. Right. And
0: so we took that, followed the San Juan river all the way up.
3: You got to be careful. We don't want everybody knowing about that. That's true. That's true. Well, we're not
0: dropping (laughs) pins, but so where should they go? Southern Utah, four
3: corners. So we went down. So you guys flew. I saw that all when you, did you, you flew up the San Juan?
0: All the way up until it got dry.
3: Okay. So we went, we just stayed in bluff Mm -hmm. and we rode razors around there. And then we went down to, what is that? Horseshoes, Mm -hmm. the bends. Yeah. And then we did some stuff there, but then we came up um, Hill's Backbone. Yeah, where's that? Up, that goes up into Halls Crossing. So oh, as okay. you came yeah, down yeah. the San Juan, it's like there's uh, the Valley of the Gods right mm-hmm. there, and it's up there. We hiked around there. We do, went into the bridges, hiked in there, then we did a, a killer razor ride back into Canyonlands, mm-hmm. and then we hiked. And I don't know how this guy did this. We had to retrace the dude that cut his hand off.
0: Oh, the Aaron oh, Ralston. Mm-hmm. 120 oh hours my or something. Gosh.
3: Okay. Just getting in there, the rappels and going down the slot canyons. You need to try. You guys are too big. You get stuck.
0: <laughs> We've oh done Neon God. Cathedral, which is the tightest I could fit in.
3: You couldn't fit in this. It's yeah. It's super tight, and there's like three hundred and fifty foot drops.
4: I grease myself up.
3: Yeah, that might work. <laughs> yeah. But as you get to the point it where knows. he cut his hand off, it is the spookiest, craziest place I've ever been in really? the world. And maybe there's some haunting thing going on in there because the poor dude was stuck in there for five days. Uh. Then the drop he did after he cut his hand off Mm -hmm. is 60 feet. I don't know how he did that. And then he had another 10 feet, 10, excuse me, 10 feet, 10 miles to hike out of there. And then he had another two miles to go up out of the canyon to where he got help. So, I mean, to retrace that guy's journey is incredible. So we did that. Then we went over to Caneville, did some jumps, did some other exploring and then I did another hike, and my son was crying for mercy. Yeah. <laughs> I like could physically wore worn out. him out. 22-year-old yeah. and a 50-year-old's putting him in the ground. <laughs> That's awesome. I Burning want back outside, in
1: man. on the great God-free adventures. <laughs> six, so I don't want to be in day, the videos, the day. but I want to be in on the adventures.
3: Six-day. We'll do it in the spring. If you guys, We're going to do the Baja trip, right?
1: Yeah. we Sam Baja. Ball. I'll That'd show right. you
3: some stuff down there. I know you guys have been down there, but I've got some real hidden gems down there. Yeah, Cameron we're... Steele showed me and some other folks. Kendall Norman, and then uh, those those are places. So if, who if the other somebody, who's,
0: somebody who has never been to Southern Utah, maybe they're here locally or maybe they're coming from out of state, where should they start in Southern Utah? Moab? Uh, yeah, Mo,
3: Moab's a good spot. I think another un- a hidden jewel, I would say. It depends on what you're doing. If you're doing Razors, I'd say Kanab. Oh, yeah. Totally. Kanab is a hidden jewel nobody knows about. Yep. And then it's the most scenic, most beautiful, fun. There's more sand than Moab. Yep. Moab's cool, but it's like different. Like coral pink and stuff.
0: Yeah. So listeners, do this. Listen to Greta Van Zandt. I don't know how you spell it, but we'll figure it out. Uh, and then yeah. if you live in Moab or if you live in Utah or you don't live in Utah, try to get down to Moab or Kanab, Utah um, with a razor or a motorsport or something like that. And if you don't ride any of that stuff, go to Zion's National Park Yeah, right there's, there.
3: there's hiking. There's, 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 other, there's more hiking down there called... It's Peekaboo Canyon. Yeah, yeah,
0: I've heard of
4: that.
3: Yeah, Peekaboo cool. Yeah. So, what's the other thing you're asking me?
0: Um, I asked you about food, music, travel, uh, food, anything. You I, try.
3: I am. I have gotten on this kick because my body's so broken. I've broke. I've had two surgeries on my left knee, two on my right ankle, two on my right wrist. I've had like thirty concussions, been knocked out ten times, so that's forty, I guess. But then, I've broke my back and i shattered my pelvis broke my neck um had two surgeries on my right shoulder one on my left shoulder and i've had um did i say my knee i think i said my knee broke my nose multiple times (laughs) but the point being my body's a mess i'm 50 years old and i feel well it depends on the day at least cold days in utah really tear me up brutal but I have been going, this is going to sound, this is this is almost as bad as you listening to Enya. Enya, but I Enya go, Confessions? I am up at 5 o'clock every morning, and I go to yoga for an hour. I go for 90 minutes. Yes, and, I just
2: started doing this.
3: And I go to Pilates for an hour after that, and I feel amazing. And then I've gotten on a new diet, a lot, a lot of liquid. I try and stay away from any kind of pain pill or any kind. I've had my struggles with that stuff, too of all this crap that i've been through but i try and stay away from any of that water exercise getting a lot of sleep which i struggle with i only get like four hours of sleep a night and that with my body being as jacked that the blood doesn't get through my body fast so i've got to make sure i'm eating right right got to make sure i'm sleeping and i got to make sure i'm exercising and then i don't want to be a selfish douchebag the rest of my life so i'm trying to just give as much as i can too right. and that seems to yeah. help
0: yep well, that's, that's basically, you just covered every topic that we, that we cover on the show. And it's coming from somebody like you, people look up to you. They see that you've had success that you've built, um, these are things that you do on a daily basis that you're, you're 50 and you're still doing them. There's a, the reason you're doing them is because they make you feel good. They make you feel better than anything that you've ever done is just taking care of yourself and taking the time to actually be conscious of well-being. You know what I mean? Like drink a lot of water, get go do yoga, yoga, like to me, yoga is not something that I'm excited to do, but I know I'm going to have to do it at some point. Well, uh, you, uh, I can't you wait to see this. <laughs> I, I know. I, I, trust me. It's already like on my schedule. Like I'm going to do is it. Is that
1: a checklist item? Uh, we'll, we'll pull <laughs> that <up> for <laughs> another
4: podcast. Yet, go do I yoga. Think, I
3: think it's 45. I think that's the age where you start having to do that's yoga. That's when it hits your checklist. Yeah. Mark, mark my words. All right. I, you, so I, I, started I got some young. time.
2: I started young then. Yeah. yeah. yeah you're 30, <laughs> Kenny's 20, got his yoga pants on right now. I'm ready to
3: go. He's got all his Lululemon Good for you. You're just getting ahead of it. You're getting ahead of the curve you've always been that guy though haven't you always ahead of the
0: curve Yeah, that's the thing that's why he's on the yeah. podcast because Kenny has always been ahead of the curve he, uh, the dude's been going to a holistic doctor since he was 15 that's unheard of I, oh. I didn't go to a holistic doctor until three weeks ago <laughs> for the first to, time ever never been to one um, yeah the, 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 these guys haven't <laughs> been to one so alright guys uh, we're going to wrap it up for you this has been very very insightful for all of us Greg so thank you for your time thank uh, you for thanks for
3: having me it's inspiring been
0: us um, where can people find you Instagram right Greg Godfrey well, support Nitro. Support Nitro.
3: Support Nitro. Support Godfrey. It's Godfrey USA, and then support the family and yeah. all the various activities. And then Greg Godfrey.
0: Keep your uh, eye out for anything Godfrey related, whether it's the Godfrey family, Godfrey clan, Godfrey, Godfrey trucking, Godfrey trucking, Godfrey entertainment. Those trucks
3: rolling down the road. Because yeah.
0: I'm telling you guys right now, Greg Godfrey is not done. He's just getting started. Like <laughs> you just you've all, you just had your like appetizer. Now it's time for the main course. We got a lot ahead of you, and that's obviously what we're here to do. Like we want to grow with you. Well, you, you've got us this far. We're looking at you well, like, you, Captain, what's next? You,
3: you guys are picking me up for the second half. So all, right. Uh, all
0: right, guys, um, to wrap it up real quick, um, we're going to give you a list of this homework probably in the description of the podcast because we went over a lot. Um, we're also probably going to create a little bit of social media content with just this list broken down because we went all over the place. Uh, I told you when we started this podcast that when we uh, wrap it up, we'll give you anywhere between three and 10 items. Today was definitely more along the lines of, you know, uh, seven to 10 things. I don't, I haven't counted them out. It's good though man, this is really good stuff. It's high quality content. And guys, the best part is it's simple and it applies to you. I don't care who you are. I don't care where you live, what your circumstances are. The stuff we're talking about right now, forgiveness applies to everybody. Staying focused applies to everybody. So do it. Do not just listen to this, put your phone down and then just keep doing what you were doing before because you're never going to be successful. You're never going to find true happiness and fulfillment if you don't start making these changes now. So our goal is to provide like a clear roadmap for people to be able to figure this out because sometimes you don't know it until you hear it but now you've heard it, so you have no excuse, right? So this
3: is like Tony Robbins for a
0: different crowd, isn't it? it, This dude, this is Tony Robbins for our (laughs) generation. Tony Robbins, his, his type of training doesn't necessarily click with our generation as much as it did with yours. My parents were big Tony Robbins gurus. In fact, I've been to a few of them. I'm still trying and I'm still a huge Tony Robbins guy, but his type of training doesn't necessarily vibe with the, the younger crowd as much as some of this stuff does. So I'm not saying we're by any means on Tony Robbins level. I'm just saying that we're trying to give you tips and tricks that have helped us along the way. Very long podcast, but I, I've loved every single second of it. I hope all the listeners have too. And we will be back next week with another guest, somebody with life advice. I don't know if they're going to be as finally, (sighs) what's the word I'm looking for? Well-rounded. No, I'm trying to figure out a way to call him like weathered without calling him weathered. I'm weathered. (laughs) Uh It's such such a, you know, aged like a fine wine. He's seasoned. (laughs) We're not, I mean, Greg Godfrey is an exception to the rule in many different ways. So I hope you guys enjoyed it. And I hope you do follow and support whatever ventures he's up to. And with that said, Until next
4: time.